Welcome to a very special spoiler cast episode of the Story Mode Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Munro, and I am joined tonight by my two guardians of the galaxy, oh. Joel and Broad. How are we doing? Hey, Jesse. I'm doing all right on the upswing back from COVID, I yeah. think. Hey, it's hard to tell. COVID. Changes from day to day. Not my favorite thing in yeah. the world. Don't get COVID is my advice. Not fun. Yeah. That's good advice. It's, it's, it's about three years late. It's, <laughs> that's good advice. It's pretty solid advice. Yeah. Steph said something today. I know she meant it. And it, it she was trying to be funny. And I just the way she said it made me laugh. The She said, why don't people make a bigger deal about this? Well, yeah, they've been, make, they've been making a pretty big deal about COVID. <laughs> everyone should just stay at home and just appreciate. <laughs> yeah. Just enjoy it. So this is a... And obviously a special bonus episode. It, it's, oh, well, wacky. Why is this releasing on <laughs> insert day here? <laughs> it's crazy. Um, we decided today that, fuck it, we, want, we really want to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Mm-hmm. And because we have okay. so much Zelda content coming out the next few weeks, mm-hmm. probably warrant, warrants this. But we haven't done a spoiler cast episode since, like, The Last of Us Part 2. It's been a while. Oh, wow. Right. And I remember that I used to intro it a little bit differently. Like I, I tried to differentiate it a little bit. All I could just come up with then was not saying your surnames. That'll do. That's how I made it's, it different. It's less formal. <laughs> Does it feel casual? Yeah, much more cash. Yeah. Yeah. Like Joel, you're sitting in a camping chair. You're pretty sure. <laughs> I'm super chill. Like if you could, if the listeners at home can see my setup at the moment, I have a just cobbled together situation that I've got going on right now. That like I'm yeah indeed sitting in a camping chair and my microphone boom arm is like attached to the arm of the camping chair so if you hear like just giant clunking sounds halfway through and then me not talking for about five minutes you know the mic arm's fallen off um you look like you're recording from unify it reminds (laughs) me of like looking at your the way you got your camera set up it makes me very lots of negative space it makes me think of mr robot like there's just lots of like headroom and extra space it's an interesting it's quite uh avant-garde i like it I will say this though, because the room is carpeted, it's a the, the the sound. It sounds a lot better than what I had previously, which was like hardwood floors and a rug. So it's <laughs> it's sounding a lot better. I just did a test before, and I'm like, yeah, it sounds, yeah, it's amazing the difference carpet makes. But hey, look, it doesn't help me. I still sound like shit. <laughs> Expensive equipment, nice setup, carpeted room, sound like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I'm going to sound worse today because I've got a bit of a blocked nose. So oh, it's getting around. Enjoy that, folks at home. We shouldn't have made now, out, Jesse. I'm sorry. We sh- we, they say we shouldn't have, but we did, and we will continue to. <laughs> okay. I move. I, I move. Lock in a story mode. I, say, I, I, I move, like, towns and aren't on shows as much for, like, a few weeks, and look what happens. Mm-hmm. Make Making out, out and funny, mm-hmm. getting sick, spreading the, spreading the love, spreading the disease. <laughs> the disease that is love. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Speaking of, of love, this is a film okay. about love, but before we get into it, um, fair warning to anyone who hasn't watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, uh, we're going to get full spoilers. Um, we are jumping in there. I was going to say that in a much, much worse way, but I'm not going to. I'll save that for later. We're jumping straight into this one. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, it's good. However, in whichever way you see fit. Yeah. Look, yeah. if maybe we'll give in one sentence, what do we think of it? Spoiler, spoiler free. Uh, I really liked it. As a fan of the Guardians, I'm very happy with the way this trilogy ended. Joel? Uh, one last ride indeed. 
I think it's probably my, Ooh, my sentence. Put that on the back, back of the DVD box. <laughs> um, and as somebody who actually has a lot of criticisms of the Guardian films, I think this is by far the best one and the most wow. I've enjoyed a Marvel film since Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really had fun with this. But that's where that ends. Spoilers from now on. So, again, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Then come back and have a listen to this. And while you haven't listened to this, also subscribe, like, comment, do all those things. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on the Twitters at AUS. Come check us out. But for those who clicked on an episode labeled Spoiler Cast and are now shocked that we're going to go into spoilers, <laughs> we'll bid you a fond farewell. Uh, good yep. luck on reading next time. Yep. Uh, but we love you and hopefully we hear from you soon. But for those brave souls who uh, you know, worked out the puzzle, um, we're going to get right into it. I've become a real dick. I know. I was just—I was listening back to your last episode. You were making enemies all over the place in that one. You're on a—we're on a tear at the moment. Very rocket esque, just like pushing everyone away. Yeah, that's I it. Everyone away because I can't. I'm scared. To, I, I'm scared to get everyone close. Scared to get me. close. That's people, what it is. Get it. close to me. All the animals get close to me. They get hurt. They get hurt. Oh God. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. Now let's. We're gonna do some broad stroke thoughts on the film, and then we're gonna try our best to do a plot recap. Oh my god! I, can't um, I don't that. know how well that's going to go. I've had a few drinks, but I haven't watched the footy, so we'll see what happens. Um, broad, broad strokes. What do you think? Um, in a, in a I'll, I'll go back a little bit. I'm going to go back a little bit quickly and just talk about like when Guardians One came back, uh, came out nine years ago. I was already a big Marvel fan, but that film, for whatever reason, just completely like entranced me. I loved it. I compared it to. Star Wars in the sense of it, it was like it felt like a a, a new, the new Star Wars for me. I saw it five times at the cinemas. I kept trying to take people I knew to go see it. I loved it. Two came around. I I liked it, but I didn't necessarily love it the first time I saw it. it. Took me a couple of times to really appreciate. I watched it again just before seeing Guardians three and realized I really really rate that film in a lot of ways. It's got its problems. I don't think it's as tight as the first one, but I liked it a lot. Went into three. For me, the Guardians are like my favorite part of the MCU. Guardians 1 is probably my favorite MCU movie out of all of them. Um, it is the one I love. I-, I think I- I'm in love with the most, if that makes sense. Not only the best one, but my favorite. And I just hoped for a, a great send-off, particularly since this film almost didn't get made, particularly with Gunn involved after he was almost taken off the project. I just and and I'm honestly looking forward to what he does with DC. I was just hoping, I just prayed they could maybe pull off a great ending. And very early on, I think the moment I recognized they were playing Creep by Radiohead as like the opening song with Rocket, I was like, I, th- I think we're going to be fine. I think we're in safe hands. And basically throughout the rest of the movie was shifting between laughing and crying. Um, lots of laughing, laughing, quite a lot of crying. And by the yes. end of it just felt like my heart felt full. Felt full. I just... Uh, something I tweeted out and have since deleted because I'm on a on a sort of scrubbing my um, social media's tear at the moment. Um, I could have had a million of these films, but I'm really glad we got three. Like I'm just so so happy we got three, and I think this is the best trilogy within the MCU, and undoubtedly a film I'm going to rewatch. That whole trilogy I'm going to rewatch many 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 times. Really really loved it. Joel, how do you feel? Um, I mean, very similar. Like I remember. Hearing about Guardians, uh, like Guardians One, and like the the characters, and being like, "What's this team? Like, it's gonna be like 
there's a, a tree that talks, but it only says three words. And there's a there's a talking raccoon that like builds stuff. Like, all right. And then I saw the casting, and at the at the time it was you know before Chris Pratt really went off the deep end. Um, uh, yeah, and like because I was like like in the middle of like being in love with Parks and Rec and and, and subsequently mm-hmm. with, with Chris Pratt and seeing him being cast as Star Lord and. That first trailer, I'll never forget watching that first trailer with Hooked on a Feeling and then just instantly having Hooked on a Feeling playing on Spotify for, like, weeks after that, um, just in pure excitement for this movie because this this, this, is, my, this is my shit. Like, I, I'm the person who's, who loves the MCU regardless. I'm, I'm, I'm the sucker, I'm the shill, whichever word you want to use for it. But, yeah, shill. like... <laughs> yeah, sure. No, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. It's uh, for some reason this felt like the big emphasis on music as well that they, they were sort of like hitting home from that very first trailer. That was the thing that sort of really interested me. And then seeing the first film and, and being delivered like one of the best soundtracks, like like licensed soundtracks ever ever created. Um, and then similar thoughts as Broad with Volume Two. Like I remember seeing it and loving it when I saw it. Didn't love it as much as one, but I've yeah. The more I think about it, I I didn't watch all of of Volume Two in in preparation, but I did watch like the ego like whole like sequence at the end, like the last forty minutes or so of the movie, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, you know subsequently Yondu's Ravager funeral and things like that as well, like. And it just, I was in tears again and I was like, oh my God. And I was, I actually was really worried because I watched it the night before we went and saw three, volume three. And the last shot of that movie is a shot of Rocket Raccoon with a tear rolling down his face with the words, I know I have to go playing in the um, Cat Stevens song, um, Father and Son. And I was like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for volume three. Um, and th- thankfully I would have been okay if they had made choices like that because uh, I feel like they would have been backed up by the narrative as well and the writing. But, yeah, I, I came out of that just in tears and, like, smiling ear to ear. Like, the final needle – well, not the, the the final needle drop in the actual movie, not the actual – not the, the post-credit sequences. The final needle drop, I think, mm-hmm. was – Really cool. Perfect. I, like, I, <clears throat> I, not, I did not expect it at all. It was something I w- would not have picked, but – a hundred percent perfect and just so full of joy and love. And that's what the guardians are. They're full of joy and love and slapstick comedy and quips at each other and kick-ass music. And this delivered that in spades. So big fan. What about you, Jesse? See, I've always been a, probably a little bit harsh in the guardians films because I think the characters are great. They have great moments, mm-hmm. but there wasn't, I, I mean, I know there was only two of them before this one, but I didn't think if either of them as great. They lacked good villains. I think number two is a bit of a mess, to be honest. Um, first one's fun, but really weighed down by its lack of a good villain. Well acted by, is it Lee Pace? Yeah, yeah, Lee Pace. But just not given anything to work with. And I, I feel like all the other uh, Marvel characters who had multiple films had a standout film. So Iron Man, Iron Man 1 is fantastic because it's where it all began. You know, for Cap, you got uh, Winter Soldier. Fantastic. Thor, Ragnarok. They all had the big standout film, but I felt like Guardians was lacking that. I've been corrected. It is volume three. That is 
the standout Guardians film, I actually think a standout Marvel film mm. overall. I, I would put this in the top. Look, there's 458 of them. It's in the top 20% of them. Was this Again, their 32nd film or something like that, that I think? disgusting. Yeah. It's, it's, that, it's their 42nd project overall, including the TV oh shows, I think. Not including the shorts, I imagine. Yeah. No, and that, yeah, not including the shorts, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this lot. is- I think lot. The w- reason this works for me is it's focus. It focuses on a really interesting character. I always thought that Rocket was the most interesting character 100%. with the most fascinating backstory. They didn't go too far into it, but they fleshed it out enough to make it work. It didn't just seem like a plot device. Um, a lot of the relationship work, they didn't allow um, Star-Lord and Gamora's story to weigh the whole thing down too much, which I was worried it was going to. They didn't have, you know, thought was obviously uh, as part of the, the Asgardians um, at the end of Infinity War, but mm-hmm. that was cut off in Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to watch a bunch of other films to get this. You didn't have to watch a bunch of other TV shows to get this. And it didn't feel like an ad for the next property. Yeah. These three films, the Guardian films, you can take out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and you can watch as a very solid trilogy. When Mm -hmm. all together, it becomes a very, very solid trilogy. The only thing, the only problem there is if you haven't watched Endgame and Infinity War, you're missing what happened with Gamora. But otherwise, 100%. Like, you really don't need anything else. Because it wasn't the major point of the film, mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. you miss that too much. And they, they they explain it really briefly. And it's like, all right, cool. Like it's that's a big all it's I a needed. big jump though. From two to three, if you haven't seen, you don't understand that Gamora was killed by Thanos, and that the Gamora that's in this is like the Gamora from the past. And I know it's explained, but it's pretty unsatisfying. You've just gone from two to three, and then if yeah. Gamora, the Gamora and Quill stuff, where it was to be where it is now. Seems like such a massive jump is to be like, what did I miss? And the answer was, you missed two movies where yeah. Guardians were featured pretty heavily. And they, um, they, but they, I agree they, with you. They, Overall, it's like it's not an ad for the next thing. It is. It, all three of these movies have been character focused first, and is following up and paying off the work they've done through one and two up through to three. It's not about the next thing in any sense, which is so refreshing at the moment with Marvel. So good. But I think when you get yeah. moments like that more often, because people are going to be ducking and diving out of the MCU a lot more than they have been in the past, because surely they understand that people are getting superhero fatigue and they're not going to watch every single I think film. It's, they I have think to it's understand that people fatigue. are going to skip. Yeah, it's... I Another thing I tweeted out this week, and I stand by it, and this is getting off the, the review side of this for a second, but I'm at this point, I'm, I would kind of be fine if they just turn the MCU you machine off right now because i feel like the only loose threads i really had after endgame was spider-man to some degree and my and uh, guardians and now that i've got my guardians ending and it's as good as it is there is virtually nothing i'm really looking forward to loki season two maybe but actually the fact that it comes with the baggage of the kang stuff which i'm not convinced by yet yeah. kind of like if you just like literally just said we're done right here, I'd be cool with it. Let's move on and do something new. Let's move on to a different thing. Yeah, um, I would have loved if they took a chance at the end of Infinity War, I know, having like another film, like another sort of Avengers-style film with everyone in it, and have it where there's one character, probably Loki, because Tom Hiddleston's going to do these films for the rest of his life. <clears throat> have him, you know, he goes to the TVA or whatever it is that's, you know, in control of all the different dimensions and shit. 
and he gets put into a different dimension, make that a much bigger deal, and basically be like, this is a reset. You have one character you're aware of, but everything else is new. It's no longer weighed down by what's happened in the past, because what's happened in the past is a different universe, and that story was resolved. And then yeah. Thanos is defeated. They're all good. He's new heroes you haven't heard of yet, mm-hmm. who have no connections, and we could even self-reboot a few characters. Yeah. yeah. And, and bring and- in some actors. Holy shit. Imagine yeah. they could cast some actors properly, like... Idris Elba and Natalie Dormer put yeah. them in actual roles. It's it, it, it makes sense too because Marvel. Oh, it makes sense too because that's what comic books do. Like they, it's they always no. have big soft reboots or like universe altering events that then sort of start as a, a new jump off point for, to, yeah. to onboard new people as well. So it's yeah. I, I, again, I'm the person who's probably the 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 MCU shill here. But I honestly agree. I'm going to upgrade you to simp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. But honestly, you're, you're right, Brod. I wouldn't be upset if that was the case right now. Like, I, for me personally as well, like from, from a personal point of view, like I've got so much other shit going on that I need to catch up on in games and movies and TV and stuff that I'm like, yeah, cool. All right. If I take that out of the equation, like I've got a bit more free time there that I can use to catch up on other things. But but also too, it it does make sense. Like just to sort I, of I think it just becomes diminishing returns of the problem. It crescendoed so well. And like you could look at the Spider-Man and Guardian stuff as being and even like the Thor stuff if you want. I know mm-hmm. people didn't love Love and Thunder, but I I didn't hate it. As as like epilogues. But like yep. this idea of trying to get me to invest again in this universe in new characters, which you haven't proven to me why I should the same way they did. Or again, my problem has just been, I said this before, it doesn't feel like Marvel is special anymore. It's sort of, it was building, it hit its peak. And now you're trying to get me to build again. It's like, it's, it, it's really hard to get me invested the second time around. And I mm. just don't, I feel like a different, I'm not even saying star different universe. I mean, like, Let's do something else. Let's find a different franchise, a different property to like go in. But that's not going to happen because that's they've invested too much at this stage. They're just looking to to build and snowball and try and make as much money as they can until they completely just you know hit into the ground, basically. Yeah. Um. Or yeah. or like you know overwork their writers to the point and underpaid <laughs> to the point where something happens. Who knows? Who knows when that would happen? Yeah. Thanks, um, as well. I'll read the news soon. But yep. Before we before we get back on track with Guardians, yes. actually, getting back on track with the Guardians, um, I think this film showed that you can wrap up the story of beloved characters and let them leave leave some ambiguity there, but you're fine with it. You're comfortable with where they are. Totally. And it it doesn't necessarily have to be that happy ending you expect, such as Gamora. It ended, and her story was actually really happy. You realize that she actually truly did have a home, and she did mm-hmm. have a family. With the Ravagers the whole time, she's a different person. Yeah. I really like that. And it wasn't, you weren't hit over the head with it. She just gets back there and people are genuinely happy to see her. And she smiles for the first time mm-hmm. in the film. I, I, I thought that was a stunning ending. They could have made her be like the fucking queen of the galaxy kind of thing. Like build her up, build her up, build her up. Which I think other films would have tried to do. The happy ending needs to be that person's on top. No, that person's happy now. I mean, the the temptation and what a lot of people would have wanted is for somehow to force Star-Lord and Gamora to get back together again, like for him to bring her back on side. I really like this concept of, A, I actually just thought Zoe Saldana was finally given a bit more to do with Gamora. Mm-hmm. Gamora always seemed a little bit, 
I, I, I kind of like, I like her use as Thanos' daughter. I like her more with Nebula as being like Quill's stuck up love interest, which is kind of what, how she was played to the first two films. I never found that dynamic. In this one, she gets to play this other version of Gamora that doesn't know Quill and is like, really is not interested. I thought she was, she got a lot to do and was, did great stuff with like- it. In the past, she's always either been Thanos' daughter or she's been Quill's love interest. In yes. this film, she was Gamora. Exactly right. It yeah. is something that I really love. I think she's great. Though, and we'll get into the plot in a moment. I actually think that um, Nebula stole the show. Uh, yes. Nebula I, I, I has been- how much depth they gave her. Mm-hmm. She, she has been the background MVP for a while. And not everyone- My brother 100%. disagrees me on this. He is not a fan of like uh, Karen Gillan's performance as Nebula, but I think- the work that she's been doing and James Gunn has been building depth into her bit by bit through the Guardians films and even through the Avengers movies, it came as no surprise to me that Nebula was, I love that character. The only thing, my only regret is that she didn't kill Thanos, which always felt like she was the one that should have done it because she deserves to. Like he has treated her worse than anything else. Um, Okay, we're about to get into the the plot, but I can say you brought that up. I think the team and the character that was screwed the most when it came to how they were dealt with during Infinity War and Endgame were the Guardians. I agree. Quill never would have risked that. Um, and that's the thing. Using- yes and no. It's funny. I agree with you on that one. Yeah. Okay, quick, quick Even aside. James Gunn came out and said that he would not have done that. I agree. It, just, it doesn't mm. play with the character. Yeah. I, well, except that Quill is does do this. He did it yeah, against absolutely. Ego in number two. The moment he heard that... Uh, Ego killed his mum. He didn't hesitate. He started yep. shooting the shit out of him. So he has these emotional outbursts. This is something Quill does. Yes. My annoyance is that after that happened, it, it annoyed me too in, in Infinity War. But the thing that really annoyed me was then they also had him get taken by the snap. It felt to me like he should have survived to have and to deal with the consequences with yeah. of his bullshit. Because mm-hmm. then it would have been like, then you had something to do with that. But instead- he gets killed off like half the cast does, and then he comes back and no one gives a shit. No one seems to look at him and go, you fucked up. Like, he mentions it offhandedly. No one seems to, like, see him as having done a major boo-boo, and that, exactly. that annoys me. Yeah. yeah. I would agree. I think, like, I, I know you mentioned, like, Quill's emotional outburst. I think he, he had that moment. You know when he goes to shoot Thanos and, like, bubbles come out or whatever? I can't remember the exact. He went to kill Gamora. Scene. No, that was Gamora. Because so Gamora oh, yeah. had said to him, because I've, I've I've rewatched them very very recently, and like Gamora is like, "Promise me you will kill me." And he spends five minutes trying not to, and then she convinces him that like this is the best thing for the universe. And but he uses the reality stone and it's bubbles. So like he lost I his mean, opportunity to even like, which to me at that is- moment though he accepted that she may have to die. She may have to say dead. Like <clears> I, I don't know. I felt to me, sure. it felt like that felt like that moment. They try to have it twice. And in doing it the second time, they added consequences they were not prepared to deal with. Sure, sure. But I, I agree with that. Just real quickly as well, um, Drax had heaps of reason to kill Thanos and kills him in, in some of the comics. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Nebula, I- Gamora, like, I think them as a team had the most mm-hmm. personal reasons mm-hmm. to kill him. And that would have been a really satisfactory ending to a lot of their characters. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 3. What a film. <laughs> Let's try and remember the plot. Okay, this the, is going to get real loose. I'm going to have a drink of gin. The trickiest thing about doing this, if you're going to do a plot recap, is the fact that it's actually quite fractured up. Yeah. Not because they split the team a lot, 
not like two. Do Thank it. goodness I was happy they if, kept them together. It's more that just like the flashbacks yeah. of of rockets like just coming into we'll, Stishley. We'll, we will cross those bridges okay. if and when we get there. Jesus. Yeah, okay. okay. Dear listeners, if you're up to this point, you've seen the film. If we miss out on stuff, you got you're it. You're going to miss out on stuff. I trust you. Okay. Yep. You read spoiler cast and you understood what it meant. You're not like those other guys who fucked up. Okay. Exactly. You're the good ones. Okay. Film starts in nowhere. We know the you know the big old celestial. You've already stuffed up. The first Fuck. thing we see is baby, um, baby, oh, baby rocket, rocket. Yep. baby rocket, and I the hand that's coming in. Baby raccoon. Just a baby raccoon, but like yep. the hand coming in. Yep. And of, that's, uh, I think that's it. I think that's all you see at the start. The that's other, the first image. The other thing that was really cool too, uh, um, the Marvel Studios logo was a mix of all the Guardian new and the stuff. Old stuff yeah. Well, no, and the new and the old one. It was started off with the comic book flipping stuff, and then it did moved actually into yeah. live action, which I thought was really fucking cool as well. So, so hmm. that hand we see reach out when you get straight to the villain. That's the hand of the high evolutionary played by, and ah, I, I applaud yeah. it. I'm not going to get this right. Chuck Woody Awuji? I believe the tape. I think that, that was. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I. I, I this is a high evolutionary to. from now on because sure. I don't get it wrong, but I would say an equal favorite villain of mine in in a Marvel film. Really? Up there with Zemo and Thanos. I fucking loved him. He was genuinely dark. Mm-hmm. I hated him. There was yeah. no redemption for him at all, and his ending was pretty fucking gory. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which caught me by surprise. It was an intense, powerful performance. He was unhinged. He felt genuinely dangerous yeah. and unpredictable. I loved it. The Just cruel, yeah. like cruel yeah. and cold and callous and in a way that you sake. That yeah, for his own yeah, for his own benefit. Like and it, which was not a really good benefit anyway. But I love the um the makeup and, and like visual effects on. Like he's the pool uh, space. We'll get to that soon. Let's talk about the plot. So we see baby raccoon, hand comes out. Oh, Guardians. Yay. <laughs> now we're inside of a big head because Marvel. Yes. Uh, we're in, at Nowhere. Um, this is sort of the new setup, Nowhere. You may have seen it as part of the Guardians Christmas special. Yep. Um, they also have a little nod saying that uh, you know, Mantis is uh, Star Lord's sister and right. blah, blah, blah. Yep. And we see all that. You see uh, a lot of uh, dialogue between Craglin and uh, one of my new favorite characters, Cosmo the Space Dog. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Needed more Cosmo. By, uh, Maria Bakalova. Yeah, Bakalova. Who was um, in Borat 2. Yeah. yeah. She's fantastic. And Cosmo, I'll say it, is a good dog. Is a good dog. Cosmo is a good dog. <laughs> I knew, but like, you could see that setup coming from a mile away, but yeah. it didn't matter because you, in, you were always going to enjoy that, uh, that payoff. Anyway, you see all the Guardians there are, are, are doing their thing except for Peter Quill, who is getting real drunk. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Rocket's a bit depressed in this scene, but we'll get there in a moment. I, Listening um, to a bit of Radiohead. Oh, yeah. Peter's getting... I was going to yeah. say, like, I, I do... I love... I kind of... It caught me off guard, but then I sort of really enjoyed it and sort of sets the tone really nicely for the movie. Yeah. Because the first two movies start, like, the, the title card sequence has, like, yeah. a big, upbeat, fun song. Because in the first one, it's... um. Come and get your love by Redbone, and then the second one, it's uh, Mr. Blue Sky. So, and they're always that's what like I was excited, like oh, what's going to be the big opener? And it was this somber acoustic version, acoustic of version creep. of yeah. Creep, and just Rocket creep. sort of looking really depressed. And then you see Quill, who's not in a good way, and it's just yeah, I was like oh, that's right, I remember. Now, hold up, 
what this movie's let me get through let me get through a chunk of plot because we've barely scratched the surface and i don't this is a fool's errand this is a fool's errand yeah calm yourselves my boys um yes everyone's either depressed or just busy they're trying to work out how do we get solid to be solid how do we get peter to be solid again basically uh and then they are disrupted by the return of a character who we saw at the tail end of guardians one just his cocoon Um, oh wait you're talking about no Guardians two Guardians two. Guardians two. What? There it's were five same. post-credit scenes in yeah. that film. <laughs> That's disgusting. We <laughs> no, see it's Will awesome. Fulter uh, coming to nowhere as Adam Warlock. He's like a f- fucking meteorite comes down <laughs> and he starts laying fucking waste. He just like kills Drax at one point. He cuts off Groot's head and Groot comes back as like John Carpenter's The Thing, that little <laughs> head, which I, I thought was incredible he's laying down um you see that nebula's got a few new powers a few new upgrades thanks to rocket uh she can hold her own to an extent but in the fight he does lay a basically fatal shot on rocket they go to try and throw a med pack on him these like weird medical belts that wow i'm glad they were introduced in this film would have been (laughs) useful in the rest of them i did appreciate though like them using like actually showing how like the practicality of, of a um, med pack. What a med pack yeah, so would med actually do. Her arm broke. Yeah, in half, but like, graphically, and then she pops it on, and it heals pretty quickly. So in a lot of like sci-fi stuff, you hear people like get the med packs and all that, or even in video games, and you don't see. Yeah, they're like, all right, cool. You lay over the top, and it does its thing. Like that's, I don't know. It was just like a little detail that I was like, that's actually a nice detail there, showing them being um, used. Eventually, um, what's that? I was going to call him Will Poulter again. Adam Warlock is knocked out. Who knocks him out? Um, is it Nebula? <clears throat> it might be Nebula. I can't I remember. It is. Let's just say Nebula for the sake of it. Yeah, I think uh, it was Nebula, Nebula knocks him down. Uh, and then they all go over to Rocket because they realize that Rocket is having a reaction to his med pack. Basically, mm. because Rocket was created, he has like, why am I explaining this film to people who've already seen it? Um, he's got like a chip in his heart. He's IP, yada, yada, yada. He's got a kill switch, yeah. He's got a kill switch engaged, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, at this point as well, old mate Adam fucks off. Um, Craglin does shit all because he can't whistle. Whatever. Maybe we'll get back to that and, you know, check off the arrow. <laughs> we'll see what happens. It's all right. Um, and they realize, okay, we've got to go save Rocket. We need to go find out where he was made, get this chip removed, get it overridden. Get the code. Like, They're looking for the override the code. code. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they fly out um, to meet up with who you find out are the Ravagers. Now, let's have a talk about that start point. Um, what did we think of... Well, we already spoke, kind of spoke about the introduction of, of the character and stuff like that, but let's talk about um, Adam Warlock in the film. A little bit wasted. Uh, yeah, mm, the, if there yeah. was one... I, I, to me, the Adam Warlock stuff felt like obligation. Yeah. I think maybe James Gunn had wanted to introduce him... I'd always want to introduce him. Uh, maybe thought there was going to be more films. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe thought it was going to be used in Infinity War. Don't know. Because obviously I think Adam Warlock's story in the comics is pretty tied to he's, Infinity Stones. He's basically like Vision takes his place in the movies of like yeah. the Infinity Com- War comics. So, yeah, they sort of were like, well, he's kind of the War same. Vision. But yeah, it was basically. They were held ransom by the fact they included that post credit scene in two. And mm-hmm. if that wasn't there, I don't think you would include him because I think this film's already got a lot going on. Yeah. It's the, if there's a criticism for the film is it's overstuffed 
with characters and things to do. Um, though I, I prefer in this version where it's ambition for the sake of telling a lot, like trying to cover a lot of ground with a lot of characters rather than because they're adding things in like in Iron Man 2 or something to set up for future stuff. It's not that. It's just they've got a lot of characters they want to give due diligence to. Yeah. But if I could have, I would have taken Adam Warlock straight out of this movie. What I did um, like, though, is what, what's his race called? The, the Sovereign. Sovereign. Yeah, the Sovereign. I like how the Sovereign were the big bads in, in number one. And then it's when you find out that they were just another creation. Like it really they were, showed. They, well, they were they were they were sort of the pretend bads in two. Yeah, and like yeah, but like but you know, yes. you see them as a as a as a major threat. Sure, uh, and they cause a lot of grief. Okay, Peter mm. Serafin. Fin- I can't even say his surname, but he's Peter Serafinowitz. Thank you. Um, yeah, he's in that. He's a sovereign. Good on him. No, he's not. No, he's 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 part of the Nova Corps. He's Zandarian. Zandarian. Yeah. I haven't watched Guardians. Whatever. Okay. Um, I've literally rewatched them this week. I'm I'm on top of their stuff. But to find out that they're created by the High Evolutionary just as an experiment, basically, yeah, really put him on a pedestal quickly. Mm -hmm. And then you see how powerful he is when he he fucking kills Groot and kills Rock and Mm -hmm. tries to kill everyone when. He's face to face as a high evolutionary, and he just gets thrown against the wall and tortured. Basically, that really set the bar. I think he was a, he was simply a plot device, but he had his moments of being actually pretty funny. Yeah, because of how awkward he was, and I mm-hmm. think he was really, really, really well played by Will, which is which is nice. Yeah, it, it's just it's I, I agree with all those things. It's just I wish there was more room in the movie for him. It's yeah. like it. It, unfortunately, he's underdone because of it, and because he's like the F plot amongst like the other A B C D E plots that are coming in. It's like it's the it's the easiest part to extract. But I didn't I didn't not like him. Like he's a good part of the movie. It's yeah. just he's a good part of a lot of movie. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, it 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 does feel like it's easy to say he feels wasted, but it's not. He it wasn't wasted. Every time he was on screen, there was something interesting or funny that he was doing but mm-hmm. it was like you said it was just so far down the priority list in yes. terms of what i was there for so yeah it's unfortunate but it's the way it is so we catch up with the ravagers so sliced alone comes back good on him i'm glad he's still kicking did, did a good job of that because they were a big thing that were introduced in two and it felt like they were setting mm-hmm. up for something i think they used them quite well efficiently mm-hmm. they used they called that back and connecting her to Gamora, them to Gamora was really smart, I thought. Um, so, yeah, he, they get there. Gamora's there. Peter's like, oh, I didn't know that Gamora would be here. Oh, it's a different Gamora. Blah, 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 blah. They find out that they need to get into this, I don't know, engineering. It's a lab, isn't research it? Research lab thing. Yeah. Uh, the lab is one of the grossest things I've ever seen. It's so yeah, good. I hated it. It looked I love like- it. Um, awesome. Oh, how can, I, how can I put this in a really graphic way? Give me, give me a number out of 10, Joel, for how graphic this should be. I'll just go 10. All right, cool. So imagine a bunch of horse cocks forming Rat King and you boil and you boiled it and then you launched into space. Yes. That's yes. basically how it okay. Yes. Um, I did love it. That's surprisingly spot on, I reckon. Yep. Yeah, that's it was pretty gross. good description. Yep. It looked cool. Like when they all jump out in their colorful suits and stuff like that, it looked cool. We I, had a bunch of, um, you know, the security in that facility were interesting. I love Nathan Fillion. Yes. Got some Nathan great Fillion. stuff to do. I love Nathan Fillion. I, Carja. I do love that every, like, Every sound effect in that that whole sequence in that area was just accompanied by some sort of squish sound. <laughs> like if yeah, there was a lot yes. of like squelching, and it was just it was it added to the like the gross layer of it. It was great. Yeah. 
to me, get, it speaks get... to what these makes Guardians so good, though. It's like Guardian stands out from the rest of the MCU because when we compare this to something like Quantum Mania, we talked about how disappointed we were by like the Quantum Realm. It's like then Guardians just throws in one sequence that goes for twenty minutes inside a gross yeah. flesh lab, and it's like this is one of the most inventive and creative things I've ever seen on screen. It's yep. so fucking cool. Oh yeah. my god, one of my favorite moments in the scene in in, uh, in the film, they land on this on the on the the horse penis. Um, <laughs> and they need to cut a hole into it, but yes, Peter wants to have a private conversation with Gamora. Yes, and they've all got different colored oh, jackets on. And he presses the blue button thinking that she's wearing blue, I'll just speak to her. They have this like real heartfelt conversation. He's confessing his love and she's like, fuck off. And then uh, oh, Mantis, Mantis sits and is like, you know, we can all hear you. Like, what do you mean you can all hear me? He's like, you're pressing blue, aren't you? Like, blue's for all comms. Why doesn't blue, why isn't blue for blue? No, blue's for orange, orange is for red, and red is for green. It's pretty intuitive. <laughs> I lost my shit. Also, at this point, we've seen that Drax is getting ignored a fair bit. They they kind of lose respect for Drax. Um, just over time, they've realized he's just dumb muscle. They've yeah. stopped listening to, um, oh my God, Man- I've forgotten Mantis' name twice. She is just there. She doesn't ha- she's not strong enough, right, basically. So people like Gamora and Nebula don't really respect him, which does play into the, in the next few scenes. They, they get in there, they have a fantastic scene with the head of security uh-huh. and his, um, his dumb friend. When, he, <laughs> when he's like... Um, oh, I, I, you know, I put this into the engine. I just made it up. Oh, oh, I thought you said something else. <laughs> that caught me off guard and how they kept playing on that the, same moment. Yeah, I got one of those. Yeah, that's, well. that killed me that. And then yeah. he's in the background like, what, what? what you, <laughs> at, one po- at one point he just goes, I thought you said something else. Like he repeats himself. He's like, I legitimately <laughs> thought you said something else. This yeah. is a genuinely funny Marvel film. Not many yes. of them are. Many, many of them try too hard. I think this one nailed it. Uh, that's, it that's James Gunn again, though. Yeah, like, because he it was genuinely James Gunn humor. It yeah. wasn't people trying to do Tiger humor, which is what the films are now. They're all trying to have the same humor as Ragnarok, mm. and it doesn't work for all the films. This one was James Gunn. I think yeah. it's work with the tone. Anyway, they uh, they get into the facility. They split up. Gamora, Nebula, and Quill take uh, a woman hostage. In what is quite an escalation, <laughs> um, they will blow her brains out in order to get um, information. You know, this well, Gamora will. Gamora will. Yeah, Gamora Peter's pretty Peter tries to, to flirt. Yeah. Tries yeah. to flirt with with like the the admin woman, uh, which does work in the end. It's I thought so that was a good. very very nice little payoff. And then we have Mantis and Drax go off and do something else. They basically just walk into the main lobby and then cause trouble. Uh, and you see that Mantis can, even though she says she shouldn't, can use her powers to uh, change people's emotions. So she makes a security guard fall in love with Drax. So I thought it was going to have a different payoff, and I thought he was going to save them. I was thinking but, that too, but yeah. it doesn't last. It doesn't actually last doesn't that long, last which long. was yeah. which was true to the to Mantis' powers. So yeah, it's I uh, got real horny real quick. For Drax. I I <laughs> love that too, and you can tell by like Mantis's reaction. This isn't the first time she's done this. No. Like it's yeah, Drax it's like. Says, yeah, Drac, when they walk off, Drax like every time. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's like this has happened many times before, and Drax is just like fucking over it. And Mantis still think- finds it as funny as she did for the first time she did it. It's great. That's something that Marvel films do well when they have teams of people who have been together for a long period of time. Every time you catch up with them, you genuinely feel like they've had adventures between the films mm-hmm. because yeah. their relationships develop. They develop like a shorthand with each other. They know each other's quirks and stuff. I always like that. Uh, but yes, they cause all sorts of. Uh, 
commotion. Um, but in the build-up to this, the high evolutionary, he wants Rocket. He wants Rocket's brain to study on because, of course, he's evil. Uh, and he realizes that they Rocket, now the Rocket's hurt, they're going to go to this lab to try and get his passcode key passing. So they send, he sends one of his lackeys to go um, and get this key pass. Do you guys rec- did you guys recognize him? No. no. Have either of you watched Superstore? No. Oh, like three episodes. Okay. For one, watch Superstore. Holy shit. It's incredible. Oh, it's Superstore. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have seen the pilot. Yes. Okay. Mateo from Superstore, Nico Santos. It took me a while to realize who it was, but mm-hmm. every time I saw him, I was so fucking happy because he, he is so good in Superstore and he was fantastic in the film as well. But you see him, he bumps into Peter. Obviously, you're going to get back to that in a moment. Uh, so they've, they've fucked around with all security. They have shot people. They've gotten quite violent. Uh, now I'm actually drawing a blank. So Quill got the what they thought was like the file for- The flesh orb. The flesh orb, uh, which is the file for Rocket. And then they, they escape, get back to the ship, try to use it, and it's missing the code. They figure someone must have taken it out of there. It would look something like this. It's the guy that Peter ran into. Ah, oh, that's one of the um, the lackeys for the High Evolutionary. So let's go to where the High Evolutionary is, which is where they go to the planet that the High Evolutionary set up with all the like the animal yeah. people, basically. I'm going to throw the keys over to. I'm going to throw the keys over to Broad for a little bit because okay. at this point in the film, I'm I'm sort of drawing blanks now. Um, and Joel, don't get comfortable because you'll bring us home at the end. Okay. Oh, fuck. Wink. So from memory, they arrive at this planet. It's called Counter Earth. It looks just like Earth, except with a high evolutionary in place of the Statue of Liberty. So they land dumb. somewhere in the like what the, the equivalent of like the suburbs around New York City, um, and immediately cause a panic. Um, Drax throws a ball back at a girl. It <laughs> knocks her on her ass, and they all start throwing things at Which, her. Uh, anyway, one of, one of the moments that was shown in the trailer, but still fucking lands like <clears throat> yeah. in the movie itself as well. Jump great. in there. So all the people the, on this planet are are animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they're quite a few funny to look at, but we did have some flashback moments. So whenever we go back to Rocket, as he's unconscious on the ship, we have a flashback to him being tortured by the house, being created basically by mm-hmm. the High Evolutionary. Um, and we see torture develop- was the right word. Yeah, to- yeah, fair enough. Um, and you see him slowly becoming Rocket into the, into the Rocket we 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 know and love, mm-hmm. and he's fucking adorable. Mm-hmm. And actually, kind of, I don't want to say nice. The High Evolutionary actually respects him at moments and speaks, tries to teach him. Like, I don't think he, it's respect. He, he treats him like a child, right? Like he talks to him. He is he is trying to foster something out of him. But respect is not the word I would yeah, use. Yeah, respect is probably like, the right word, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's tr- but he's trying like to foster like intelligence and and teach him things because he's trying to make a non-sentient creature or a non-intelligent creature intelligent. Um, I think maybe I'll rephrase it. He doesn't respect Rocket. He respects his own work. Correct. Yes. He sees what he's created and he's like, I want to see how far I could push this thing because the smarter it is, the smarter I am. And then it it. it gets to a point where it It gets to a point, yeah. Yeah, it it goes beyond where he could even figure out. And that's when he starts, it switches from that to becoming fascinated with him. And that's still not respect, but it's, he is. Well, then he, but then he also starts to become violent with him. But before we get to that point, though, we meet. Some of Rocket's Rocket's first team, I like to think of them as. We have Lila, the otter. We have Teeth. 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 Yep. 
thief who is a, a warrior with wheels, um, which and is like what I am when I'm sitting in a computer chair. Um, oh, yes. And then we had floor, which <laughs> was a rabbit, spider. Basically, these are animals that look like they're made by the neighbor from Toy Story. Yeah, it's, uh, they're made by Sid. I am sitting on, yeah, exactly. I'm sitting on the floor, so I will call myself floor. Like, it's so somebody, dumb, but it's so lovely. Like, as somebody who, re- who lost a, a pet rabbit a few years ago, deeply disturbed by floor, that really <laughs> fucked me up. But you see that these guys have a beautiful friendship. They're in the worst situation together, but they, it doesn't matter because they got friends. It's they, nice to they, have friends. They imagine different worlds. They, they just sit around and dance and have fun. And it's very, very endearing. Um, and they have these big dreams of going into the, um, the beautiful and never-ending sky or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, Lila, why? Um, this whole bit is unfair. Like, it is, how are you not meant to be a fucking mess watching it? Well, you assume these, these animals don't get out because you've never heard of them since, mm-hmm. you know, since you've known Rocket. It's like Lila's mentioned once in his information graphic, a Rocket's information graphic in volume one. Is that right? It's, yeah, it's like unknown accomplices as Groot and um, Lila. It says wow, that they're- Wow, interesting. Yeah. Now um, that you put up Groot, can I mention something? This is one yes. of the parts of the film I didn't like. Groot and Rocket are best friends. They've been together forever. And I felt like it was played that- Well, that this Peter. is a d- different Groot, different though. Group. This is the baby Groot. This isn't the same Groot from but volume it's, one. It's, it's grown from- they're very much like a, treated as a child of everybody. Oh, so, so like, yeah, saying, he's connected. You just, yeah. you're just trying to say they because they all look the same and the same person. Is that what you're trying to say here, Jesse? <laughs> I don't like trees. <laughs> um, also, I, think, I think you're wrong to feel that, but I think it's it's been pretty well established that this is a different mm. group and that like Peter is as important as Drax is as they all are. Yeah. Um. Post. Uh. Post credit sequence group. Look like a fucking god of war boss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love that. Terrifying yeah. and huge and very cool. Fucking I love awesome. that in every post post credit thing we see like the next step in Groot's like growth. Yeah, and we got one more, one more, just him being like ultra huge. I was like very fucking cool. Titan. Yeah. Um. So sorry. Go go on. So we've landed on other. Oh, Earth or whatever they're called. Sure. So we're leaving the rocket stuff at. We've met Lila and Teeth and Floor. Okay. Cool. Oh no, no, we'll leave it here. <laughs> I mean, surely it has a good ending. Sure, absolutely. Happy ending yeah. coming coming up. Um, so on Counter Earth, cause a bit of commotion. One lady falls over and like grazes her knee, and Peter is able to convince her to like, even though they can't speak the same language. Like giving her a towel? Yeah, apparently. What the fuck is this? But he's trying. He's just trying that they're there in peace, and then he's able to convince her somehow to go back to their place. And they're trying to find where the high evolutionary is, or this guy. That's connected to the high evolutionary. One of my so he's favorite jokes. Drawing yeah. the picture. God, that's <laughs> so funny. Fuck this. That, okay. That whole sequence inside this house and the moment that happens just after, yeah. I'm gonna say are in the top five funniest marble moments. Yeah. Is it like there's so many bits here though? There's like the drawing, there's Drax, Drax on, the, on couch, the couch. Yep. And just like, that's rude. Don't lie down. <laughs> He said, but that's it's, not it's, what it's, it's for. It's, it's like I, I have failed to believe this. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> jokes that may have be, been cut. Yeah. Because they get these drinks and uh, Nebula slams it down and says, that was delicious. Yes. But they make a big point of it. I'm like, I reckon there's a drink that's cut there. Maybe. And it was leading into Maybe. something. To me, it felt like, me 
It felt like when you're over at a friend's house and like your friends fighting with their parents and you're like, mm, this drink's really nice. Like you're just trying to move on to the next topic of conversation. But yeah, Peter's drawing of that dude was so funny. It's, it's oh, so like, funny. So and, good. So And then everyone talked about how good it was and they wanted to frame it. <laughs> the F bomb. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Did you guys know there was gonna be an F bomb in the film? Yeah. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Oh, I seen tweets and articles about yeah. it. And the way I thought it was gonna happen was they're the a particular character who's really over everyone's shit. Mantis is at breaking point multiple times in the film. She's like, stop talking down to me. Stop, you know, start taking me seriously. And I thought her big moment was going to tell everyone like, to get fucked and yeah, storm shut out. Shut the or fuck up or something. Have yeah. a big moment. She uses dickhead, it I think, wasn't. twice at least. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, the amount of times she says, calls people a dickhead. It's so good. This movie, often movies, movies can go over the top with it and become just the most boring thing in the world. This did it in a really natural way, and it really made the characters feel more alive. Yeah. It never felt forced, no. um, which is why the F-bomb. The, the I can't believe they used it. Yeah. Sorry. So, yeah. Find out that that building over there is where the high evolutionary is. Can we borrow your car? Peter can't drive a car. Uh, but before that, Nebula can't get into the car. She can't Trying to explain. You got to press the button. Then what? Open the fucking door. Was I just I I I didn't know it was coming. I laughed because it was a shock because I'd never heard of fucking a Marvel movie before. But especially because it was like they used it on a car door joke. Yeah, like that was, yeah, that's was where they decided to use it. It's so good. It's like incredible choice. And it's so perfectly acted as well. Yes, I mean we don't have to go through how good the acting in the film is. These. Everyone's great. It's phenomenal. I, I think Chris Pratt is great in this. I think he's really good as Star-Lord. I've he always is. Liked I, him I as think he's phenomenal yeah. as Star-Lord. Yeah. I know people have problems with Star-Lord. I understand it. I can see why people might not like him as a character. I think he's fucking great in yep. these films, though. I think the whole cast has incredible chemistry. And mm -hmm. the, uh, the nobody... Like, I still can't get over this day, Dave Bautista, though. I remember when he was cast in this. Originally, apparently, David... Uh, what's his name? Momoa? Uh, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa was meant to be Drax and then oh, pulled really? out of it. Yeah, so we apparently could have had Glenn Howerton as Star Lord, <coughs> Jason Momoa. That Andrew. would have been interesting. Yeah, apparently, right? And then pulled out, and then was replaced with David Batista. And I think at that point, Momoa was mostly known for his roles um, in Game of Thrones. But everyone, it was just like hot property. It seemed like this guy could do could be good. And Batista, I didn't know. But I was like a fucking wrestler. They never very yeah. good actors. Fucking the moment he does the whole thing about in Guardians One about. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch, catch it. I was it. like, so good. this guy's fucking amazing. And has yeah. proved over and over again to be an incredible actor. Mm -hmm. And like the fact they found this guy and have pulled this out of him. I, I, everyone's stunning. Well, in these it films. Was, I was going to mention Drax. The, sorry, Gondor. Oh yeah. Well, Dave Bautista, I believe he found out, like, I think when he found out that he got the role or when he was auditioning for the role, he went and had acting lessons. He went and trained That's and like. Off. And worked worked his ass off because he wanted the role so badly. And he wanted to be taken seriously, not just mm -hmm. another wrestler trying to cash in and do a movie. And yeah, he did the hard yards, and it's it, it has paid off. It's amazing. Apparently, the He's two incredible. actors in Marvel who who kind of make up their own jokes uh, in the moment, Chris Hemsworth, which fair enough, but Batista as well. Apparently, mm -hmm. all the jokes that he does with Drax, he just makes up on the spot. But his development of Drax at the end, that was a tear oh, so moment. Good. So when Nebula good. turns around to him and says, you know, I used to see you as a destroyer, but you, all this time you've been a father. Yeah. Was that so well done. And just him breaking through the Drax the Destroyer kind of mm -hmm. image to talk to the kids 
and just talk mm. on their level and doesn't make a big deal of it. He just talks to them. And just see, it's seeing- so fucking well done. But it makes make him a monster because it makes perfect sense too, though it doesn't feel forced because we've always known he's been trying to get like vengeance for the death of his wife and his daughter. It's always been about his family. And now always. that Thanos is dead, he can honor them, and that's uh, how he's doing it. Yeah, by like, having the same love father. I, I found that absolutely. He would have one of my favorite arcs in the MCU. He would mm. have one of my favorite arcs in a film. Um, <laughs> I think Batista, when the MCU is rotted in the ground long, long after I'm rotted in the ground. But I think we will look back and one of the best parts of it will be Dave Batista's career. I really hope he plays yep. Kratos in a God of War film or whatever. Fuck, that'd be, yeah, I'd love to say that. Big, strong dad. It would be cool. I'd love to give him that challenge to like lead yeah. it. Well, I mean, the series is coming up. So exactly. Like, That's... Don't know if they've tapped anyone for that yet. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, get in the car. They're driving off, but Drax and... Mantis are meant to be staying behind to bring the ship if they need to. Um, so and also to it? keep an eye on Gamora as well because she just moping she's trying she's trying moping and she's also trying to. Well, she called the ra- called the she, ravagers. She she called the ravagers to come pick her up when they were taking her to Counter Earth. Yeah. And yeah. that's so she, how, but um, it, she actually got onto the so- high sovereign and Adam. Yeah, Lula. Aisha and um, uh, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Show, show when we mean business. <laughs> Burns the dude to death. Like, what business? And that was gory, too. Like, that was funny, but that was like, holy shit. They yeah, that was murdered that man. Yeah. Uh, God, that, was, that, that made me laugh. That was so good. And it, it's so weird how they can... It's essentially the same scene as they did in Ragnarok with... Um, uh, oh, shit. What's the guy who's, who everyone likes? He speaks funny. He's a Jurassic World. The Grandmaster. Uh, uh, yeah, Grandmaster. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, when yeah. he yeah. touches that guy with a stick. And he just melts them. It yeah. was essentially that scene again. But seeing a dude just melt or explode or get incinerated is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll say it. Um, um, yes. So they drive to the High Evolutionaries building. Um, they've got Bebop and Rock steady out the front. Um, and that. they won't let them take any. Oh, and Groot's coming with them, of course, because Peter has gives Groot the guns. And uh, says, you know what to do with these. Yeah. You know what to do with these. Yep. And uh, also, too, it, 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 there's also worth noting about like, the, the, the whole the joke that keeps coming back of like everyone telling Peter that this is clearly a trap, but he goes, it's not a trap. It's a face off. It's a face off. It's not a trap. It's a face off. Um, on the way there as well, they see that counter earth is not all it's cracked up to be. There's was it octopus dudes giving meth to cockroach kids and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. And other guys being up with each other. Just little, like <laughs> that was so bizarre. <laughs> I, I, it felt like a really weirdly made, like, conservative ad for like this is what the cities are like now thanks to the liberals i want to just i want to recut that scene of them like the shots outside the window of the car as they're driving along and just put like the sopranos theme song underneath it oh my god that would be so they're on the wrong side of the river to be playing Uh, my bad uh anyway cool gets taken up um is trying to talk with the high evolutionary about getting the thing for um for rocket also, just when they wants room, rocket, and he just puts <clears> his finger up and says, "Wait, oh, minor thing." Oh yeah, right, minor thing, but just the disrespect mm-hmm. on beautiful. Um, and I'm trying to remember exactly what happens here, but basically, Drax and Mantis leave because Drax wanted to be involved. Gamora yeah, gets attacked by Adam Warlock. Sorry, um, jump on the motorbike. Where are we going? Oh, 
Just back there. Just, just, okay. just, we're just there. Yep. <laughs> oh, can we also mention the most terrifying thing that's ever been in the MCU? Hawkman? So when they get oh, yeah, there, sure, to sure, the entrance sure, yeah. of this pyramid thingy, there are two minor bosses. There's Pig Boy, War Pig, they called him, and War Pig, yep. Hawkman, for lack of a better term. War Pig, nah. whatever. It's Pig Boy. Um, Hawkman looked like a fucking Resident Evil boss. It was the most <laughs> it, grossly disturbing and horrifying thing I've seen. I'm with Brod. My mind instantly went to Bebop and Rocksteady. Like, I was, was waiting for- yeah, 100%. He's made Ninja Turtle references before. I was waiting for him to talk about that. But I was thinking yeah. maybe the movie with the Razor and Toga or whatever they are in the live action version hadn't come out when Peter left Earth. So I might not know about that reference. Yeah. But anyway. Um, anyway, he wants the thing from the High Evolution. High Evolution, he wants Rocket. Peter and Groot uh, go to town. Um, they're able to take the thing off the guy's face. They, oh, at the same time, the high evolutionary decides he's going to wipe out the planet to start again. So the building takes off a spaceship. Uh, Gamora, no, not Gamora, uh, Nebula. Mantis and Nebula and, yes, because Nebula's at the front, that's right, and Drax are trying to get in. They're on the outside. Um, just as Groot and Star-Lord jump out, out. they've gotten on board. They get picked up by Gamora, thank goodness, and they're able to say, well, then they try to use the code to save Rocket. Uh, it looks like he's gone. Uh, he's not going to make it, but Peter is able to resuscitate him uh, through basic CPR and the power of love. Power of love. And that's when we see Lila again. Lila's everyone's Well, we haven't explained this part, though, but basically in the flashback, yeah. Rocket had found out he would these he, his friends and himself were not going to make it to this earth they were going to be incinerated to tries world, yeah. to get to he es- tries to escape with them and then in doing so Lila is shot by the high evolutionary followed by his other friends being shot when he tries when he's taking down the other bad guys and all his friends are dead and he, he escapes the high evolutionary's fucking face, face off. off yep like right. literally off you don't see that part but it is Kind of hinted towards at the end because it's not yeah. a, it's not a trap. It was a face off. Uh, God damn! Joel still thinks it should have been said. Well I like done. that too. Well done. Uh, but uh, Lila, Floor, and wait, wait, sorry, just before we move on, did we go over why that all happened? So High Evolutionary um, is trying to work out. Oh, sure. How to make this? How to make this perfect race of animal <clears> people <throat> for reasons that aren't really explained properly? This uh, is a fucking cooked dude. Like that's all the thing. He's just. Not all there. Yeah. Like he's he's smart. He's like book smart, but he's just weird. A little bit un- unhinged. Yeah. Um. And he's been trying to work out like you know the formula ones work, and Rocket just works it out because he's getting smarter by the minute. Uh. And High Evolutionary takes it as an affront. Um. There's a line in there. I'm not going to get it right, but he does see himself as a god. He says God doesn't exist, so I so I stepped up. I stepped in. I stepped yeah. in. Which is such a cool. Cool line. I think it's better than anything we've heard from Kang in Quantumania. Yep. But who knows? Maybe the new Kang will be better. Um, we'll get into that in a future episode, no doubt. God. You see that it's taking a real hit to him. He comes and he's drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see him drink, but he's clearly drunk. I liked seeing that his weakness, and when he was weakest, that's when he was most dangerous because he became mm-hmm. unhinged and he just didn't really care about anything anymore. That was very, very powerful, that scene. Uh, and then, yeah, Rocket has. His escape. You also see him building for the first time, and mm-hmm. it all just click in his head of how he can do it, which is which is fun. I miss those three so much. 
Yeah. Well, they Jeez. were. We dedicated this episode to them. They that that the setup. I mean, they knew what they were doing. Uh, adorable monsters that we fall in love with, mm-hmm. and then kill them on screen so that it breaks our heart and it breaks Rocket's heart, and you realize all of a sudden why Rocket. Yeah, I think the thing as well is it's like it it makes you go back and watch the original two films, and you understand Rocket so well. At this point, you understand, you always sort of on some level understood. He talks about like being called a monster and being called, you know, a freak and all this sort of stuff. But and I was made, I, I didn't ask to be uh, made. Yeah. yeah, all this sort of stuff. But now you're going to watch those films again with this context and it's going to have a whole new meaning. Yep. Um, anyway, he's revived. We understand also, now why sorry, Rocket is Rocket. Him lashing out big, when, when he's called a raccoon. Yes. Yeah. Has a bit more meaning now as well. Yeah, I love that that, yep. that ending. When he says, I'm Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Oh, fuck it, yeah. And he, he realizes, okay, that's that's what I was. That's what I am. Yeah. But the, and, the, and the, that the coupled with him saving the raccoons as well. Mm-hmm. It's like looking at them, seeing the babies that he was and going, I can't, I've got to save these ones too. Um, I mean, it's the closest I'll ever come to being a vegetarian probably watching this film. Yeah. It's made me <laughs> yeah, like, look, yeah, I was eating- um, one of those little like, bucket bros, friend of the show. <laughs> Have you gone to the cinema and had the little buckets of like potato gems and chicken bits? No. That sounds oh, amazing. No, Where that you get sounds that? fucking great. Village Cinema near me does that. And they also now have the um the 196 um Japanese pieball drinks. Guess, oh, how, wow, much, okay. guess how much a singular can of that costs there? Like 12 oh, bucks. Yeah, fourteen dollars. Fifteen fucking yeah, dollars. Yeah. They're the real villains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, call the, yeah. I'll call their face. But yeah, you have that. Yeah, leading up to that, because obviously Rocket's friends are all dead, and he has before he gets revived, he has a sort of like Vision. close to to passing to the other side moment mm-hmm. with them, and that's really that really sweet moment with Lila, just saying like, Rocket says, "Can I come with you?" And she goes, "Of course you can." And it cuts away back to the action of them trying to save Rocket. And then it looks like it's going to be okay. And then she goes, but not yet. Like, you still have purpose here. You still have a, you still have a job to do. What you say, it's like, it's always been your story. Exactly. Which I love as well, which I, I think is true too. So yeah. Because, again, you know, what, go back and watch the other Guardian film and realize. It, it is. It Rocket's. Is. Mm-hmm. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Really love that part. Um. Also, um. What's that? Chris Pratt's uh, performance in the scene, like mm-hmm. a, a mode of performance, was top notch, really, really good. Uh, and then the hug at the end with Gru, and he gets a little tendrils out and he gives. Oh, I nice love that. Hug. That was oh. really cute. That was really nice. Uh, Joel, how how well do you do you remember this sort of ending sequence? <laughs> I remember it when people start talking about it. And they go, yeah, that's what happens. Like, all right, how about uh, do do you want me to take it? I mean, I, yeah, yeah, but I I I just Jim's I, in, baby. I want to get to I want to get to the like. What I think is now my favorite fight sequence in the entire. Oh of yeah, the MCU. we're definitely not going to skip that because that was badass. Okay, fuck yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to need the power of love and friendship here because I will need some help getting through. Sure. The yeah, club. we got you. So I'm going to call. Uh, so we got. Uh, see, already fucked up straight from from the jump. Mantis, Gamora, and the big boy. They break into the spaceship. Uh, they find there's groups of of kids. So. High evolutionary has made a race who can do make some sort of matrix. I don't know, film the matrix. I don't know what are you talking about. They <laughs> do something the matrix real quickly, which is meant they're to be s- they're smart. I guess they're smart and happy. That's like yeah, they're um, that's but they it. they weren't able to 
like develop their own thought or something like that, like mm-hmm. develop ideas further, which Rocket has been the only creation that could do it. That's why. Yeah, he um, compared like they were rote learning incredibly well, but there was that lack of imagination or creativity mm-hmm. yeah. that he had. Yeah. And yeah. that's why um, High Evolutionary wants him to study his brain to find out, okay, what the next experiment will be the right one. I just need to learn mm-hmm. how, we, how we did that. But they find cages and cages of these kids who don't speak English um, and they're trying to work out how do we get these kids off board. They were planning on just bombing and blowing up the ship. We can't do that with these kids on board. Mm-hmm. Um, then somehow they get they get locked up themselves, don't they? Yeah, they get... Uh, who finds them? Is it Hawk, Hawk Boy? It, it might be Hawk Boy. It might have been a bunch of them or Adam Warlock. I cannot remember for the life of me. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. <clears throat> oh, I think oh, the, so, so, the High Evolutionary the, sends out the... What does he call the, them? The, the, the Hellspawn. Hellspawn, yeah. We'll get to that in a moment because I realize there is a scheme, scheme we, we, we skipped over a bit quickly. Um, when Gamora was in the ship, Pig Boy comes. So she goes mm-hmm. through all these memories and she realizes that, yes, what Peter had with the other Gamora was something special. He's a, he is a good person. These are genuinely good people. She is just not that person. Yep. It's nothing personal against Sarlord. She's just not the same person. She hasn't had the same lived experiences. Therefore, she's not kind of attracted into the same people um even in not just in just like a relationship sense but also in a friendship sense yeah these aren't her people uh pig boy comes in to get rocket they have a fight then adam warlock comes in kills pig boy mm-hmm. and then that, that's when the planet starts getting bombarded and he goes to find his mother mother um and flies to to save her and sees her die before his eyes mm-hmm. comes back to the ship Sort of collapses, and then we don't see him for a little bit longer than you'd expect. I thought that yeah. was up. quite Again, a long time. Yeah, bleed scene. Um, so yes, going back to Team Nebula, they're locked up, and they're trying to work out how to speak to the kids because they have got in touch uh, with. So cough off, off, off air for a moment. <laughs> there's our own deleted scene right there. Um, <laughs> they get in contact with Ragla or Nagla or Kragen or whatever his name is. Over on the big head, Craglin says, "Craglin says these are our coordinates. Come over here, bombard the starboard side of the ship with the big gun eye that this skull mm-hmm. has now. Which fucking is pretty cool. Fucking. But no, then you like n- nowhere as a portable like like it's as a cool. flying ship is fucking awesome. I so want cool. There to be when they eventually put Galactus in it, make Galactus and nowhere kiss. <laughs> yeah, I'm down for that." Thing. That's my fan fiction. Um, I like the idea that there's also like a giant guardian penis floating through space and there's people living <laughs> on it. Um, oh, God. They call it downtown. <laughs> anyway, it's, some, they need to it's communicate. somewhere. They need to communicate <gasps> to these kids. Hey, tell everyone to stay off the starboard side or you'll die. They don't speak English. They suck getting more and more bad. And it's a really, really interesting scene because you see Nebula try and then scares them. Mm-hmm. And then Mantis tries it and just doesn't get through to them. And then Drax comes she- in and he just starts like, he says, oh, um, my daughter used to love when I used to make sounds like a monkey. That's right. And then he starts making robot sounds. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, that's a monkey sound. Like, <laughs> but the kids are like interacting with it. They're getting, they're, they're understanding they fucking they're love it. Fun. They love yeah. it. Okay? And you see a really different side of Drax. It comes really naturally to him. And there's a really nice, then he speaks to them in their language. And they're like, why didn't you tell us you could speak? And he's like, you never asked. You never asked. He's like, you've underestimated me this whole film. I'm not 
the monster you think I am. I'm not the weapon you think I am. And I'm funny because ne- and I'm also I'm not the punchline that you think I am either. Yeah. Like that's yeah. Nebula treats Drax how Thanos treated Nebula as a weapon, as a tool. Never really saw her as not a human, but a blue person. Okay. <laughs> And she never quite saw him as a green person. Also, just bringing up him being green, when he gets mad about having to wear red, because <laughs> it clashes with his eyes, very funny. Okay, so they escape from, they get out of this little room. And look, scene, mentally, scene's missing at this point. This, well, is, this a, is, it gets, it gets hectic here yeah. at this point. Right? Yeah, so they, start, they fly, Gamora and the, and the lads, um, Rocket's awake now. Everyone knows that Rocket's alive. High Evolutionary knows that Rocket's alive. and basically. You know, we're getting him now. So he fly, flies out these Hellspawn, which is just cannon fodder monsters, and they start attacking nowhere. They start attacking um, Gamora and the boys. They've all got their own little ships at this point. Starts attacking them, and they're just causing all sorts of havoc. It looks cool, but it doesn't really serve a purpose. But we do see nowhere fire a big cannon, cannon out of its eye. It bombards the, the, the pyramid, and you start to see High Evolutionary's team Second guess turn him mm. and turn him, and then about to be about to be a mutiny. Yeah, which I really liked. Yeah, it was really cool because it cool. would happen. They genuinely saw his madness. He had gone <laughs> mad. There's a lot of Moby Dick in this. He became obsessed mm. with his with his mm. son, okay. um, and it, it drove him to madness. And it's what eventually killed mm-hmm. him. Uh, I think I, I want to watch it again, knowing how it ends. Because I think there's a lot more, lot more parallels you'd be able to draw. But yeah. I, I found that really interesting that most films that deal with obsession, you see it from the obsessed point, the character point of view for the whole film. Or they're, like, they're the main character you follow. Mm-hmm. Having a villain who was obsessed, I don't know, it, it, worked, it worked well. And I think, again, the performance was just phenomenal in the way they, they carried that. Anyway, he does some sort of like gravity trick and blows everything up. So at this point, yes, like you said, it is absolute chaos. So you've got, uh, I, I'm going to just call them team. There's Team Nebula, Team Gamora. Team Nebula yeah. are now <clears throat> fighting three or four of those big testicular octopuses from the start of uh, Guardians uh, 2. Uh, 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 yes. Azeroth, I think. Azeroth, why not? Azeroth, um, yeah, yeah. These things that shoot glitter out of their mouth and are actually pretty cool. And yeah, I awesome. thought if you got hit by one of those blasts, you'd be dead, but apparently it just rips your clothing a little bit. It's funny uh, uh, when when the, when the like the first one showed up, they were like it's an Aberroth, and I was like, wait, isn't that? And they showed it. Up. I went, oh, like I was excited because I was like, oh, it's the one from the start of volume two. <laughs> oh, also, awesome. seeing them with like in the dark, pretty mm, cool. Yeah, and the way the light just like highlighted mm-hmm. each one of them, I thought it was really mm-hmm. fun. Uh, but you see, you know, obviously, you think there's gonna be a big fight scene. However, Mantis speaks to them. I realize these are just trapped animals. They're scared and. Sometimes, you know, again, violence isn't the only way to get over these problems. So you start to see Mantis' worth now. So we just have a moment. Now we're seeing Mantis' moment. She says they eat batteries, not people. Not people. Yeah. That's, yeah, a great line too. Because I'm again, sorry, if it the octopus comes to my house and starts eating my triple A's, it's going to have a problem with me. <laughs> well, it draws it back to the start of volume two because that's what they're there to do is to protect those batteries for the sovereign. So that's, yeah, from an incoming Aberroth. So I was like, so, that's, that's cool. Team Gamora has crash landed inside of the uh, the docking bay. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of cough again. Um, so many deleted scenes. Um, they crashed the ship into Adam Warlock, who 
got real mad at one point and then gets crunched. Adam Warlock, at this point on, I'm not going to mention him again because he's pretty useless until the end credits scene. He, he's... There's, there's one bit coming up, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, there is. Oh, yes, yes. I've got that part. Ooh. Speaking about gross bits. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, so, Sarlot is like forming up this plan and then Team Nebula comes in with all their creatures, these big mm-hmm. octopus monsters, and says, okay, new plan, let's just hit them. And they run into a corridor, they open mm-hmm. the door, and you see all of the evil forces in there. You have different animal creatures, you have guards, and you have the, the Hellspawn. And then there is a fight scene. Uh, but just in the prelude to that, though, because in true Guardians fashion, it, it, no badass, like, team-up fight sequences without an amazing fucking needle drop. And this is no exception because you hear that guitar riff from No Sleep Till Brooklyn by the Beastie Boys, and I was like, fucking let's go. And like, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to ta- say my most unpopular opinion about this film. I think the soundtrack was pretty middling. No, I agree. I actually do agree. I think it didn't have. A I, I think the soundtrack. I think the soundtrack is suitable for what the film is going for. I don't yes. think it's as hype as the first one is. No. Um, but I don't think the second one was as hype as the first one was either. And I, I think it's. I think it's just choices. Uh, I think its choices are good in their own way. I've been listening to it a little bit, and I'm looking forward to seeing this film a second time. Not going in with expectations about what the soundtrack's going to be. Just enjoying the choices for what they are. But like, I, yeah. I like it still. Yeah. What. For sure. What significance does No Sleep Till Brooklyn, which is a banger song. What what significance does If You Like Pina Coladas have in the first one? It's just a good song like, to, to me, do action to. That had like an irony to it because it, it was that far off base. It, it felt a bit ironic. This one was like you would have this song playing in, in an action scene, but well, a different action scene. It so listen, Star that. Trek already did the Beastie Boys. They were like, yeah. they were riffing on, they were riffing the, on Star Trek Beyond. The difference, the difference is like, so the- Volume one soundtrack is all based around Peter Quill's mum's music. Like yes. that's whereas yeah. like the one we get the, the the soundtrack we get in volume three is like some random person's Zoom that just had a random collection right. of shit. So like that's all they had to to draw. But, from. but the thing so, is like that Zune isn't an actual real physical thing. The writers of the film could have put any song they wanted. Nah, it, it so, is. It's a real one. They, it's, <laughs> they found it. It's based on the truth. Now aren't yeah. they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's where the zunes went. I, I wish they played a bit of a different song there. They could have gone like, even if they wanted to go cheesy, they could have just played, you know, I Need a Hero or something like that. They could have done a thousand no, songs. No, that's the, that's no, the thing. That's but the it thing. would have fit. I know it's been overdone. Probably no, 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 it wouldn't have. That would that have been so cringy and yeah. awful. Okay, that's okay, the right, last thing oh, we need. Bad example. Yeah. Bad example. But <laughs> Terrible example. In a vacuum of no other media has ever used that song before in that scene, it would fit more thematically than no if it had not Brooklyn. been used. I'll tell you something. 100%. They were awake and they were not near Brooklyn. <laughs> okay, if they were playing that they song, had been. They if had they were been playing that song they- in the first Avengers film, and they're trying to get to Brooklyn to get this bomb into the space asshole, or whatever they're doing in the first Avengers film, they'd been encounter would- Brooklyn. They'd been encounter Brooklyn. No, That's actually a Brooklyn. very good point. <laughs> Yeah, technically, the they, only yeah. Link I can think of is because they were fighting a bunch of Beastie Boys. There you go. That's also right. true. Who the fine. Fuck cares? I've, I've tied that up. Who, it's gone. Who, who cares? That fucking guitar riff slaps, yeah. and it it is soundtracking. Great song choice. Like I said before, probably my favorite fight sequence in the MCU. Now it is. They did a whole. Way, they did so many. Like this was so good Beastie about James. Boys in a big scene. 
in the Guardians film already? Didn't they do Sabotage? Or was that Star Trek? That's no, Star that was Trek. Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. yeah that's um, that was great. It did. It it's, cool. um, yeah, that's what James Lingon's so good at is doing with these movies. He's like parodying themselves in a way. Like, because mm-hmm. this is essentially a hallway fight, like, that we've seen so many times before and done in so many different ways and, and to varying degrees of success. But I think this one has the added element is because what's so good about the Guardians movies is that James Gunn knows how to show them working as a team. When they are together, they fight as a team. Yeah, Yeah. they fight as a team. And it's very, like, video gamey in a way as well. Like, it has this sort of, like, yeah, team-based, like, they're all playing to their own strengths and working together to just overcome the forces. And it's it's fucking awesome. I was, like, big dumb green. This is the Guardians performing at their peak by far. And they were they were driven to protect each other, but also out of fucking rage. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they get to this hallway scene. The big octopus boy gets ripped in half. There's a grenade that annoyingly doesn't go off, and it bugged me. Oh, I didn't realize. Peter Quill puts uh, an explosive on somebody, kicks him away, and you you kind of expect to see that explosion, like just a light of explosion off screen. It never happened. No, and it bugged me. They're not explosions though. Uh, explosives though. They're like shock. <laughs> They're oh, electromagnetic. Yeah, there's a bunch of And they all go off when he, like, yeah, yeah he activates yes, them all okay, at once. Yeah, in fact, I think Rocket had them in number two, actually. Yeah. He uses them on the Ravages in number two, yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so that fight scene all happened, and then they're like, cool, we've got to get all the kids off mm-hmm. board and onto mm-hmm. the- um, Onto the- Onto nowhere. Nowhere skull. So the nowhere skull comes over, and it's like eyeball to eyeball with his pyramid. Cosmo the dog puts up a- shield or does something again i think cosmo is like keeping them like so it's like a vacuum seal is the idea yeah Yeah. but cosmo is a good dog okay that's the joke i was was gonna get to oh we also sorry scratch craglin had his moment yeah we also um, had the craglin so when all the hellspawn do attack nowhere kill a lot of people you do have craglin learn how to use the whistle there is a very um strange what was michael rooker's character's name again Yondu. Yondu. That, that, this this is the bit to me that's a little bit hokey. Yeah, it's like it went full, um, like Jedi Force Ghost. Yeah, it was yeah, like it's your fine. Heart, it's not. It's not all. bad. All they it just needed feels... was the voiceover yeah. of. They just needed the voiceover of like, I don't control it with my with my head. I control it with my heart. That's all you need to do. You didn't need to. See. To me though, to me though, it just seems a little bit like shoehorned in. Like it doesn't really yeah. have. I know we have the bit that start really struggling with it, but we had the. I didn't, you know, use my head, use my heart bit last film. So you're yep. just repeating that beat with Craglin. Yeah, and it's kind of like okay. Um, it was fine. Not offended by it or anything like that, but yeah. it just felt a bit like whatever. For sure. Yep. At least it wasn't a line like in um, Guardians Two. What did he say? He's not your. He may be your father, but he's not your daddy. I which loved is, that. Which it's is a, a great line, line. Which is a line that launched a thousand fan fictions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was, I, it was someone from the kind of funny when they were doing their recap watch of it that I watched the other week as well. Um, was saying there's like I think Michael Rook is the only person who can get away with like sincerely delivering that line as well. <laughs> okay, it's either him or Clint McElroy. Yep, that's very true. Yes. Because I'll if anyone who listens that. to any of the McElroy podcasts, the yeah. family of podcasts, you'll know that they say daddy a lot and it is unnerving to people who don't know them. Yes. Because um, yes. if you do know them, like you know, we, at least you know their shows, you just know they're kind of fucked up and they shouldn't yep. be saying it regardless. It's <laughs> weird. Anyway, I digress. They start getting the kids off, off the pyramid as it's starting to blow up and everything like that. Nobody quite knows what the high evolutionary is. 
then Rocket goes to save some of the animals at this point. He he basically suddenly sees, he's like getting the yeah. kids off. They're wait, like, where's Rocket? Where's Rocket? He's one of the last ones on the ship getting the kids off. And then he sees basically the same cage that he was in when he was on that ship as a baby and then sees a bunch of raccoons and a whole bunch of other animals. Finds out he is a raccoon and then decides he's going to save all these little baby raccoons. He, he like lets them all like climb on top of him. him. And they just trust him straight away. That scene yeah. with his face in there and they just all go up to it. One of them just touches his face. Is yeah. How did they make me so emotional for a fucking CGI rat boy? Like, yep. it's because make they've any done sense. the work. It, because they've done the work over three movies. A, the CGI has always been great on Rocket, but he is, I would argue, I've always said Steve Rogers is my favorite character in the MCU. Um, I'd say it's Rocket number one for me now. I'd put yeah, him after this, I'm pretty high too, but I think Rocket is the best character in the MCU. Um, yeah. Bradley Cooper smashes his performance. He really 100%. does. It's incredible. Um, I think I think and the voice of um young Rocket as well in the flashbacks is I think Sean Gunn. Or oh. it's either Sean or it's Sean or James. One of in, them in all of them or just the Just those I think most of the flashbacks until he becomes like a teenager. Because there's it's definitely a point where it turns into in the credits it's credited as young young Rocket, which is yeah, I think it's either James or Sean Gunn. Gotcha. Did you mm. um, notice that towards the end of the film? Whenever Groot spoke, they tr- started to drop the filter back on his voice a little bit, and it became more and more Vin Diesel. Yep, yep. Like it was noticeably Vin Diesel at the end, and I think he—that's why he 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 says something other than "I am Groot" at the end. He says, "I love you yeah. guys." It's yeah. almost like he evolved to that point where he can speak a little bit more, and that's why his voice started to come a little bit more. And I feel yeah. like he's probably I heard actually them. wish he hadn't done that. I, I would have just liked another "We Are Groot." I think. We're I, yeah, happy I kind with. of agree with that. I, I agree with that too, but I also think that it's it's him. Like he's probably heard the rest of the members of the team in there and just say that to each other. There's and I think that's like it. like it makes sense yeah, in the universe. It makes sense, but um, no. and I, I it was I, strange. Yeah, a bit of restraint that would have been would have been nice. And the impact with Guardians fans of they know like there's a whole running joke throughout the whole film. Whenever he says I am Groot, Gamora's like, "What? Do you, how do you understand yeah. him? He's just saying that he's Groot, and then the entry understands it." Because there's mm-hmm. a, that connection. I would have really liked if he just said, I am Groot, because us as the audience have that connection now. And just trusting True. that you know what he just said. I think that would have been a really special moment. Mm-hmm. That would have been really nice. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that would make I like sense. I like that take, though, that we, it's not that we he's understand saying, I love it you now. guys. It's just that we understand it because we're part of it. That that works for me, Jesse. That's yeah. what I needed. Yep. I, I, I would have gone with the subtitle there. But mm. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna going with for? that because it makes me like it more. Yeah, if that's what they're going for. I, I actually think that actually I, I, I've talked myself around. I yeah. like that. Special. No, I like that a lot. Actually, I'll yeah. take that. Um, so yeah, Rocket's going to try and save all these animals, but before he does, High Evolutionary comes in and um, starts beating the shit out of Rocket until the rest. Uh, this is quite. A, this is probably one of the small scale final bosses. This is probably the small scale final boss. It's just a pretty quick fight. They drop him on his ass, and Rocket peels back his mask. He's fucking mm. handsome Jack motherfucker-looking mask. And holy shit, there's some gore underneath it. It looks like that- Have you guys seen um, Brightburn? No. no. Not that bad. I'll edit that out if I have to. Um, <laughs> but the power character breaks his jaw, and it reminds me of that. Let's Ooh, try a different okay. example. This man just has no face. <laughs> this, feels like, this feels like James Gunn going back to his, like- Schlocky roots, yeah, it's as well. As like, gory as muscles. Disney would not let him go more gory than this. This, this, no. would, mm. this would actually scare kids this moment. 
quite a bit. Get, he's talking. Is, he's piece of his face. His nose is gone. There's a piece mm. of flesh missing. He's just James, all teeth. This is James Gunn saying, ah, what are they going to do? Fire me? Like, hey. that's, <laughs> that's, this is his moment to be like, ah, fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. Um, and then he's about to kill him. Rocket, like, has a gun to him and then decides not to. Uh, I think Drax, Drax is like, you know, why, why not? He's like, I'm a, I'm a guardian of the galaxy. Like, mm. I, we don't do this. We don't kill in cold blood. He's dead. He's going to die here. So they save all the animals. Um, they get I was waiting for Peter's the last off the ship. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I was waiting for. A, I think the High Evolutionary says it early in the movie where it's something like, um, "There are worse things in life than death. Like death is like death is a, a quick reward compared to the suffering that could ensue, or something like that." So if someone says something like that, and I was waiting for Rocket to say something like that. To me, to the High Evolutionary. Was, but, I think the part that would have hurt him the most is the pity. They didn't see him yeah. as a god anymore. He, they pitied him. Yeah. Like, we're not gonna we're not gonna take any of your misery. You be miserable. That's what you are. That's what you deserve. You're gonna see yeah. everything else go free and you're gonna be stuck in the same room where you trapped people and animals and all sorts of creatures for however many years. You're gonna feel their pain and then you'll die. But they get the animals off board, and then uh Peter, in one of the dumbest things I've ever seen people somebody do, drops his zoom. So so <laughs> drops right. somebody else's zoom. As you reminded me, <laughs> runs. I was to get given it. to him by Yondu. It as is he, his now. Yeah. As these two ships are starting to separate, he runs back to get it. Then he runs back out, realizes he has to jump. He jumps and he starts to freeze to death, as we saw him do in various other films. And this time he freezes to death, basically. Because he's, he's human now. He's, he's not yeah. a god anymore. He's, yeah. like, he's, he's not he goes cold. Yeah. You see the ice form. Then you see his face puff up. And then you see his jaw snap. His face contort, and I'm just like, I, I genuinely thought they'd killed him off at that moment because I'm like, that I had was to. that was brutal, sudden, and violent. I didn't expect it, but had he come back from that, and then you have Adam Warlock comes in, Deus Ex Warlock comes in, saves him, puts him down. They put a few of these magical med packs on him. Again, where were they the whole like you know? <laughs> could they have saved Tony with them? Who knows? They seem pretty magical. Um. They bring him back to life. Everyone hugs him. Um, everyone comes in from everyone to hug him. Gamora stands back, kind of respects the moment. And I think that's the moment with it when even Peter's like, you're a different Gamora. We are friends. Yeah. We are associates. I respect I, I respect you as a person, as your own entity now. You do not have to be linked to me, which I'm glad happened because it would be kind of gross if they got together. Yeah. It, it can, there's a moment earlier in the movie where... Drax and Mantis have this talk with him about like this idea. There's more fish in the sea and needing to swim and stuff it says, like that. Life is a life is a pond. A, life is a great pond, and you're jumping from woman to woman like the lily pads. Lily pads. <laughs> what you need to learn is how to swim. Swim. Yeah. And I actually think that is a beautiful law. Delivered delivered very poorly by Drax. What was interesting about that? scene is there are two scenes there's a scene in each of the first two guardians films in, that involve star lord and gamora there's the one on nowhere and it's sort of framed in a way where you can see out into the um into space and it's like beautiful and colorful and they have their dance their um fool around and fell in love is the mm -hmm. song they're listening to yeah yep. and then in number two there's another scene where they're standing on a balcony overlooking ego's planet mm -hmm. and they have a little dance there as well and they're talking about you know there's sam and diana but all sort of thing um, and he's asking, you know, is there something there? And she says there isn't. Anyway, the 
what was interesting about that scene is it was framed in a similar way to the way both those two ah. scenes were. Um, it was sort of the same sort of like looking at the front of the ship, the like colours and stuff as they're sort of warping through space, whatever it is. And it was framed very similarly. It was like that's a deliberate nod back to the scenes that would normally be in a Guardians film between Star-Lord and Gamora. But this time it's about how Star-Lord has to get over Gamora. I really, 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 really liked that. Like yeah. visual language referring back to that. I think it was also nice yes. I noticed in this film, in the other films, he would always share music with her. They would be mm-hmm. next. They were talking to these like I'm gonna put a song. I'm gonna share the soundtrack of my life with you because you're part of my life now. He never did that in, that in this film because he just knew it wasn't there. I, I, yeah, yeah. The more I think about how they dealt with their non relationship, mm-hmm. one of my favorite things in films is when characters are just characters. They don't have to have a relationship. That's one of the yep. best things about Pacific Rim. The characters don't. Yeah, just, you know, they're just friends. They just chill. Yeah, and then she dies three minutes into the next one. But anyway, that's another problem I have. I, I like how this one was dealt with. But going back to that, there's also a really funny moment where Adam Warlock is like, uh, okay, can I, can, I, can I get in for this hug? And he like, does a really awkward like tap on the shoulder sort of half hug. Just, I, I love- sort of, Yeah, he's lost his family now, which is his, like his mom. So he's like, I, well- And they also can, recognize- Can I join in? He's a child. Yeah, exactly. He, he didn't know what he was doing. He, he didn't mean any <laughs> harm to anyone. He actually wants to do not so much good, but he just doesn't want to hurt anyone. He wants to be yeah. with his weird little pig friend, right? Who's quite adorable, weird little yeah. animal. Jib Jib, I think the uh, it has a name. Jub Jub, like in High Five. Um, yeah, I actually think it's pretty close to that. I can't believe we're like 162 episodes in, and now the first proper High Five reference we've had. I'm sorry, Harley and I'm the rest. <laughs> I'm sure, they all have names. Anyway, they have the hug. They do. And then it kind of the film you know, starts to, to wrap up, and it has they start tying off loose ends. This is the final, at least the final James Gunn Guardians, Guardians film. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't make any more. I think this is really, really beautifully ended with this team. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that moment. Um, yeah, but they want to wrap up. He wants to have his own wrap up for each one of these characters. So if they never go back to him, at least he can say this is the full stuff I put onto him. Um, so let's just go through the characters and how they all end, basically. Nebula. No one died, first and foremost. Like, this, I, every, I, other, every other film has had, like, Groot dies in the first one, Yondu dies in the second one. I expected someone to die I'm I was, in this film. Done. I was on record, I'm fairly certain, and, and when we were talking about trailer reactions to stuff, I was like, everyone was like, Rocket's going to die, Rocket's going to die, Drax is going to die. And I said, look, I can see that happening. Um, I and, honestly want them, none of them to die. And- Joel, yeah. um, we were right. He did die and he came back. So, <laughs> well, just, just like fuck Jesus. Fuck yes, right? Yeah. Could we in our religious podcast? You're wrong again. Just like, <laughs> just like you de-host. Just like Jesus, you're wrong again. Is that what you said? Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus won, Joel won. Okay. Um, take that, religion. Um, okay, Nebula stays. Um, at nowhere, she's gonna run the colony and realize that they mm-hmm. need to start rebuilding. She wants to start rebuilding what her father broke and asks yep. Drax to stay. And this is the point we, we touched on before because she no longer sees him as a weapon, she sees him as a father and a friend. Mm-hmm. He, he is somebody who needs, he's the opposite side of the same point of her. They can both kill everybody, but he knows how to have his more temperate side. Um, yeah, he actually wants to leave with um, Mantis, Mantis who. 
I really like her storyline. She's like, I need to go, you know, I was ego. I was with ego for all my life. And then I was with the Guardians. I never got to explore who I am. I never got to realize what I want. So she goes mm-hmm. and does her own thing. She is the Arya Stark at the end of season eight. She says, I'm just going to go elsewhere. Yep. Arthur's, to me, she's taking a gap year. She's like, yeah. I'm off to Europe. I'm going to yeah. go do a Kentucky tour and like get drunk, funk, fuck a bunch of people mm-hmm. and uh, figure out who I am. Make, Good that, for a, you, Mantis. make that a sequel. <laughs> oh, watch. Mantis. Well, we already saw her drinking in the Christmas special. So, like, exactly, seeing her, yeah. like, want- doing a toga party would be pretty fucking great. Mantis yeah. having sex that. with somebody would be pretty intense if she can feel what they're feeling. It would be intense. That would be very intense. She'd be a good lover, though, for that reason. You couldn't, like, she'd know what's working and what's not. Mm. Okay, Sorry. that's my fan fiction yeah. as well. <laughs> um, I think the fan fiction as well, she takes those three octopus with her. Yeah. Um, uh, who just kind of destroy the city as they leave, which ah, somebody <laughs> will clean it up, I'm sure. Gamora says, Look, I respect all of you. I get it, but I have my own home. And she goes back to the Ravagers, and like I said earlier, she goes in there. They're happy to see her. She smiles for the first time. As much as the Guardians wanted her to realize that they're her family, she has a family. She always had a family. It was the Ravagers. She has the connection with her Ravager family as the original Gamora had with the Guardians. And I think it was really quickly shot. It didn't explain. Mm-hmm. It didn't have to explain itself. I think that was fucking. Perfect. I, I agree. love that. Yeah. yeah. It just, it said heaps without having to say much. Yeah. And it just, yep. and again, the smile that you mentioned it earlier, yeah. it's like that. Just the first time you see a smile for the whole movie, I was like, yeah, okay. I get it. And there was that, yeah. that rabbit that looks like a carrot or whatever. <laughs> it's true. Oh, yes. dude, who does the emote as well. It was strange. We've had carrot guy and broccoli guy in the last two uh, MCU films. Oh, We're yeah. starting to, we- a whole veggie stable of characters. Oh, veggie tales. Back to religion. Veggie tales. Um, <laughs> which other characters? Okay. Um, Star Lord steps away. He's like, I'm, I'm done. I've, I've never really accepted what's happened in my life. I need, yeah. to, I need to go you, deal with my own shit. Which again, how do you feel about this? Like they said, bring out this thing earlier in the movie. It's like, you know, what about your grandfather? It's like, oh, he pushed me out of the room and like didn't let me be in there. And it's like, I think he was just trying to protect you. And he's got this impression in his head that he was a piece of shit. Yeah, he's going to go and check that out. I it seemed a little bit out of left field for me 100%. because like, um, but as a way to if like exit Chris Pratt out yeah of the of the Guardians for a while it didn't hurt it wasn't we'll bad get the, we'll get into that a bit more in the post credit stuff <clears throat> but yeah he says tells Rocket like you've always been the captain you've always been the mm-hmm. what held us together you are now in charge you are the captain of the Guardian of the Galaxy hands it over. Here, so Rocket and Groot stay with the Guardians and they form their own little team. Again, we'll get into that in the post-credits. Um, and I, I that, that's, all, that's all the characters, isn't it? Yep. Then, then Craig, Lynn, and Cosmo, I guess, but they join the Guardians as well. They join like the Guardians. Yeah, the sequence. Yep. Like that. They, they all dance to Dog Days Are Over. Well, I was going to get to that. Yeah. The then there's a big dance number to um, Florence the Machines, Dog Days Are Over. It, it's like that song already, I don't know why, just strikes emotion in me because it builds... And crescendo to such a crescendo in such a beautiful way. It's such a wonderful song. And I think it would not have been a song that I would pick. To what was use that quintessential guardian song in the first one? Quintessential. Come and get your love. Come and get yeah. your love. Yeah. It, which, I, which get used gets used later. I wish they played that here. Florence and Machine I, stood out because it's such a modern song as well. Like I don't I, they, I understand but, that they mentioned why they've got modern songs. I I get all that. Again. In the universe of credit, it makes sense. 
I just and think, they sort of were going through in or it was almost like they were going through in order of decades with music as yeah, well. And that's a that's bit, all but, that's all well and good, but like in the sake of making that a better moment, they can scrap that. That, that doesn't matter. I I, I disagree. I mean, they use that they use that in the mid credit sequence anyway. That's the one Rocket plays yeah. when they're doing in the in the mid credit sequence. Favorite song. Yeah. Super over. But, Haven't played Florence and the Machine then. Nah. So I think I think there's a catharsis to that song. Yes, it's like that's exactly. I it. would I I would argue that it's a bit cheesy. Like yeah, having having Nebula and Drax dancing could be seen as cheesy, especially that song. But for me, honestly, it felt just like. I think there's a sincerity there that I appreciate because so often it's really easy to be have these characters be cynical and have Drax like not want to dance and this sort of stuff. But there is something about just letting them. I know there's a freedom and emotion and and that song I think's got a better energy than "Come and Get Your Love" to 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 have that moment 100%. of just release of like joy that things are going to be okay. It's a little on the nose, but like it worked. For I think me it's on the nose. But yeah, your love it, has a weight with them. It, it, they know it. Like it. That is the Guardian. No, so much of the Guardians in that song. No, it's Peter's the, song though. Yeah, exactly. And I think the callback like, they've played the through the Guardian scenes. I'm not again. These aren't real people who were just like, oh, I haven't heard the song before. It's how it works thematically. I think that would have been a real nice full circle moment. Would a nice end See, cap on it. The the thing is the the way they do it though with "Coming at Your Love" is really great. It's the idea that Rocket is like they're talking about what's your favorite like song, and he's like, this is mine. They should have put Rocket back on. No, that's because at that point he's passed that bullshit, yeah. and it's sort of like the passing of the torch, torch. from and he's Quill to yeah. Rocket. Yeah, yeah, it's like it. I think the use where they do use it is perfect. Because yeah, I think they talk about uh, like disagree, going yeah. the, the song that they they would um like you, like play before going into battle, like before or something like that as well. The so, their pump up song basically but to play yeah, a think, song from yeah. an artist we haven't heard any films before and. Who's from a different era of the music we've heard in these films before? It again, I didn't hate it. It just felt like, but with all the songs too, that considered there, I don't, I don't know. There's been there's been no like repeats of artists. Like it's yeah, no, been, no no songs okay, been repeated. The only songs being repeated just the era I can of think music. of. Yeah, play no sleep till Brooklyn. Well, they, but but they they got to Beastie Boys and stuff like that. Play sabotage, but a yeah. brass monkey. The the only song I can remember being repeated is "The Chain" by Fleetwood Mac, which gets two plays in number two. True, but, yeah. But yes. that's the only like I think of that gets it. That the gets closest a thing we've had to musical perfection. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic yeah, song, and yet they don't get to the best bit of that song in the movie. It's in the trailer, but they they don't play the yeah. fucking end part of the movie. It shits me. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Let's let Fleetwood um, Mac podcast. Yeah. But no, I think I I Fleetwood I. I think you're right. That was the word I was searching for. Is there is that song carries a, a, a lot of, it, it has a lot of catharsis to it, and mm-hmm. it's, it's it is so, yeah, it's, it's, celebra- it's celebratory as well in a way that yeah. I think that, there are um, songs that do that same job, that have the same message, the same tone, the same energy, that are from a time period that's more in line with the rest of the music in in in, in the films. This. Really stand. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's coming at your love though. I can argue okay, a different maybe, song. Maybe, maybe I don't think. I don't think it's coming at your love. I don't think. I know Florence Machine just stood out, but anyway, <laughs> doesn't matter. There's a big sure. dance scene, which is strange, and for any other movie, it would have felt out of place, but actually felt a little bit. Yep. It felt cheesy, but these are cheesy films and these are cheesy characters. Yeah. Um. So yep. it sort yep. of worked, and then the film ends, um, and you wait for the uh the the post credit sequences before we get there. I do, I, I like, I love how it is, like, sort of like an inverse of the end of volume two. Volume two has very similar 
like, I don't know, Catholicism in a way, but in a very somber way because mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's the funeral of, of, of Yondu. Like, it's the Ravager funeral. And it, it, the movie just ends with that. Um, and this sort of feels like that them tipping that on its head and making it like it's like, well, everyone's happy to an extent. Everyone's being sent off no, on their I, own yeah. path. Um, yeah. So post-credit sequences, we've got two. We'll get to them very quickly. Um, in one of them, you see Rocket leading the new crew, the new crew being himself, random girl who likes Britney Spears and Korn, <laughs> uh, Craglin. Groot, Groot and Craglin. Yeah. Oh, I thought they referred to that Adam girl. Did you say Adam Warlock? Uh, Adam Warlock, well. So they were talking. You see there's like a group of like villagers like screaming because there's an incoming threat. Guardians are just talking shit as they would. Uh, and then they get up to fight these like foxes. And there's a lot of us like, should we be killing them? Like, shouldn't we just let this go? And then it's a bit of a weird thing where Rocket's basically like, well, we're Guardians. We, we, we have to kill them kind of thing. It was a we- it was weird it was to, for it to be like the choice of like a it seemed like a stampede like wildebeest or something like coming towards yeah. the village it and it's like and I think he says something like uh yeah but if it's if we don't protect them who will sort of thing so he's talking about the villagers but it's like could you because because especially when Craglin said don't worry I'll deal with this myself well Craglin's only got one trick and that's to murder people with an arrow right yep. so it's like. Could they have been like bandits or something coming in on like the back of ships or something? That's what felt weird because we've been this whole lot of help yeah. like, hey, don't be don't be yep. shit to animals. Also, exactly. wait, sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna use another one of my rare sea bombs in this. If you hurt an animal, you're a cunt. Um yep. maybe 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 only earth animals count is what we're hearing. Alien animals don't matter. If it's an earth animal though, well they're the real that's like that is that the takeaway from this? Counter- film? I don't know. Like, Alien animals are animals. animals count as, as yeah. animals. That's Alien that's animals so, are, are monsters. It was just a bunch of like humanoid monsters. I fucking butcher them by the civilization. I don't care. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Don't hurt these cute little foxes. You've brought me around to the animals. So that's kind of how that scene finishes. And then the last one, we do see Peter go back to Earth and he he goes to this house and it's where his grandfather lives. Um, and they meet up. It's like, Peter. I don't know why he sounds like Ron Swanson. Uh, <laughs> not Ron Swanson. Joe Swanson from Family Guy. Peter. Peter. Um, Peter. He goes in there and like, they have a hug. Yeah, but at the end, they're eating breakfast and they're talking about mowing the lawn. And Peter's like, why doesn't the neighbor do like get her son to do it? He's 45 years old. And he watches me mow their lawn. It's really uncomfortable. <laughs> one of the most like, um, nothing post credits I liked it. I do love the fact that the newspaper addresses like the abduction of Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon from the Christmas and, special. If you haven't seen the Christmas um, special as well, it, it, it's, it's just very it's funny. Pretty good. It's I love it. It's it's honestly my new tradition at Christmas. It'll be I'll watch that every year at Christmas time now. That's I love that fucking thing. Um yeah, and then you get the final card of the legendary Star Lord will, will return. return. That and seems what? like a threat. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't it? Of all the characters, I was like, really? Okay, sure. Like, that's the one we're coming back with? It's, I don't know. But uh, okay, when- this is how I want this to happen. Okay. I want Peter Quill to stay around. And because he's just a person now, he's just a human. I don't think he, he doesn't have any of his tools, doesn't have any of his gadgets that make him special. When they see the legendary Star Lord, I want him in the later, later films to be a little bit older. That's how he describes himself, and he becomes basically, basically. Um, do you guys watch Dragon Ball Z? Oh yeah, you know Hercule or Mister Satan or whatever they used to call him. Sure, I sure. want him to become that. 
So he tells yeah. these grand tales. He's the legendary Star-Lord. Like, of course you've heard of him. You've heard tales of the legendary Star-Lord. And he just tells, tells stories. He's like comic that. relief. Um, I quite like But also that. has a bit of wisdom to him. Like, he does actually know what's happening. If MC is going to move more cosmic, he's a massive kind of, source of truth. Kind of a bit of more, a, more like a, a softer Yondu in a way. Like, yeah, yeah, kind of. I, I, I think that'd be Yondu. a really fun way to use him. Um, and yeah. that also means that Chris Pratt doesn't have to stay ripped anymore. He True. can go back to being Parks and Rec Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt which I'm, I'm sure is much easier to do. I mean, I know it's right. easy to do. No, he just stopped drinking beer, remember? I don't even know. Well, I'm drinking beer. That's the joke. That's the joke in uh, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Um, the, let's- that, 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 that end card, though, do you, I mean, you're talking about how you would like to see Star Lord return. Would you want to see more Guardians without James Gunn? Would you no. like to see if it, no, just not interested not if it includes these characters even? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm torn because, like, they are, I love those characters so much. And so, of course, I would like to see more of them, not immediately, not for a long time. Um, but then, yeah, also, it's like, it was part of what made those movies so good is that it was James Gunn that took this ragtag uh-huh. crew of misfits and brought them to the masses and made people fall in love with them. So, I don't know if they could, a big if there's anyone else MCU that could has. do that. And we'll just talk about the MCU as a whole for one more second because then we'll do our final thoughts on the film. But a big problem the MCU has right now and probably has had for a few films is there's too many characters. So when you're watching a film, you wonder what's happening to the other 700 people that have shown us in these other films. They need to start letting people go. And I think this is, they they did at the end of Infinity War, there's a few characters that he said, go. And people are still trying to work out ways to bring them back. Oh, how can Cap come back? How can Tony Stark come back? Yada, yada. It's taken a while. I think as they're going to have to do this more and more often of being like, this is the full stop in their characters. They are off doing other things. You're not going to see them again. And they need to have audiences learn how to cope with that and not put up fucking billboards demanding that Tony Stark comes back or sending out death threats to people. I think bringing them back in is just going to set a really bad precedent to be like, we can bring back anyone. And if, if audiences push enough, they'll bring anyone back and it will, it will really undermine stories they're trying to tell. Yes. They're not dead. Agreed. They're just elsewhere. They're doing their own thing. Their stories are wrapped up. This is a, these are James Gunn characters. I don't think a lot of the cast would come back without James Gunn. Zoe Saldana said she's not. She's retired. I think a lot of them actually go to DC. Well, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's that's probably true. Chris but- Pratt has said he'd come back. He would. He would. He would need to be the right script, but he, he'd be interested. Which is possibly oh. why that's the, the that's why it's. Star-Lord will return because he's the one they could get to sign the dotted line and say, do you yeah. want to sign up for a couple more? Just, yeah, just because they're not exactly making a Jurassic World 4 or, or Passengers 2. Okay. No, he's just, you know, going to make heaps of money being the voice of Mario for how many films they're going to make on that yeah, yeah, franchise. He's yeah. done two good films. Right? He's had a he's had a big couple of months. <laughs> yes. All right, let's start wrapping yeah. up. We've given the very broad, broad thoughts on the film as a whole. Um, but do you, have any, do you have any final thoughts on the film? Um, I don't. Uh, I think I'm, I'm just happy they pulled it off more than anything because yeah. I am such a big fan of the first two. And it's always a risk, like the idea of ending it as well, or even just where the MCU is at the moment. There's no guarantees that anything's going to be good. There was a period there it felt like they couldn't miss. That's not the case anymore. Um, my genuine feelings are just, I'm, I, I, I tweet this as well. I think I already said this. I, 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 I could have had a thousand of these movies. I'm glad we got three. I'm glad we got them mm-hmm. as three as good as they were. I think I've got to be a bit. I've got to treat the MCU like Gamora. Uh, I need to be Star Lord here. She isn't my girl. 
the one I fell in love with, she's dead. This is a different MCU now, and I need to move on from her. Um, mm. That being said, I am excited for Superman Legacy. Like, James Gunn's proven that he can, I don't know, he's just one of the most creative blockbuster filmmakers out there. Yeah. I, how well he fits the Superman mythos, that mold, was yet to be seen. But I have a lot of trust that he's got the storytelling chops to make that work. And I'm really excited because I'd love to see a great Superman film. I don't yeah. think we've had one since arguably the first two Christopher Reeves ones. I'd say I don't think we've had one. Yeah, I, I'm not even a massive, massive fan of those. But, I'm, but I, I wasn't around when they came out, so I don't want to – like they obviously mean a lot to different people. There has not been – certainly not a modern take on Superman that has been great yet, and I really hope James can pull it off. If I was a DC fan or a, a Superman fan in particular, I would be very excited. Uh, I'm not going to get into it, but I've seen people, DC fans still wanting um, Gunn's head. Fools. Idiots. PC players. Um, <laughs> they're not, yeah, they're not DC fans. They're Snyderverse fans. That's let's face Joel, it. Joel, what are your uh, what final thoughts on Guardian of the Galaxy Volume the Third? Um, it's it is bittersweet to say goodbye for now to these characters, but I think I don't want any more anytime soon. I really don't. I think as we've all said, like this is a this is a fantastic trilogy that you could just sit down and watch and I can't wait to do so watch back to back and just have like a three three movie marathon and 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 binge them all in an afternoon evening I think that would be a great time um I yeah it's it's been really good to talk about it as well like in depth this in depth with uh, with you guys as well because I think it's made me like it even more um cuz yeah, it's it's the same thing as I felt about Volume Two. Is like I really enjoyed it when I saw it, but the more I think about it, the more I like peel back the layers and sort of think about what it's trying to say and what it's how it's trying to say it. Um, I I found I really enjoyed it a lot more, and I feel like this is going to be the same. And I can't wait to watch it again with what I know now, having seen it once and sort of piecing together the the, the first few parts of the movie as well. Um, I just loved it, and I love these characters, and yeah. It was good. It's good. I, I I felt like I was just a mess by the end of it. Oh yeah, um, it, I, I got it, very teary eyed multiple times. It's going to be the first MCU film since Endgame that I see more than once at the cinemas. Pretty much. Yeah, That's, I'll probably go again. The other the other thing, just to quickly well off what you were saying, Joel, I'm a massive believer in the power of endings, right? And you say yeah. it's a bit of sweet, right? But an ending, a good ending, real or a bad ending, really does a lot to define the whole thing and what came before it. And mm-hmm. this is really important, like TV shows in particular, which I talk a lot about, obviously, on my podcast, but that they pulled off a great ending, like retroactively makes the stuff before it even better. Like the whole yeah. thing you can look at in context now and go, this is what this was and it was great. I think that's the best result you could have. Absolutely. In, I guess, in somewhat memorial of uh, Jerry Springer, who passed away this week, here was my father. Did he? Yeah, Jerry Springer this, passed away. I have, Breaking news. I'm off social. I miss things on yeah. social media oh all the time. Oh, my God, yeah. He's dead. Yeah, like, dead. Yeah. Um, so, in memory of him, uh, these are my final thoughts. Um, I think this is the last great non-event Marvel film we'll ever get. <gasps> uh, I, I, and I'm saying that with my full chest. I, I'm 100% confident of that. Every other film feels like you need to do homework to watch it and then add for the next one. It mm-hmm. is just a, a cycle. That's what made Quantumania broken. That's what Love and Thunder was broken. 
and also fan service, and that's why Spider Man is good. But if you take away the fan service, it's a fucking mess. Fantastic Four is going to be fan service because it's, it's going to be full of fan casting. That's all it's going to be. X Men stuff, who knows how far off that is? It's going to be interesting how they do that, but you're going to need to understand so much lore that these films are creating to understand how they get there. It's going to be frustrating. The whole Kang stuff, the Kang catastrophe that they're going through right now, who the fuck knows what's going to happen with that? The Marvel's film could be okay, but again, to understand that, you probably have to watch all of Miss Marvel, and not everyone has done that. I, I don't think that's fair on viewers. This is self-contained. It's enjoyable. It's not directly leading to a next film. It's not directly coming off the last film. There are some parts you'll understand more if you watch previous stuff, but they are, com- they are not vital to anything. It's a standalone. I think James Gunn's done a brilliant job putting his own brand on these films. These are f- I will forever link his name with Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think that is an absolute testament to what he has done with these characters. I will link all these actors to their characters because they completely brought them to life. For a series of films that I didn't love, the Guardians 1 and 2, this has made me look at them with a bit of a different view. I'm going to watch all three when, when this comes to Disney+. Plus, and mm. I think I'm going to like them all a lot more. I think this was yeah. a fantastic villain. I, I can't get over how much I'm thinking of the High Evolutionary, and I, I'm glad he's a one-film bit of a one film wonder but I could have had more of him but it was just so well done some of the best fight scenes we've had up there with the best comedy we've had in a Marvel film the most heart we've had a genuine genuine heart we've had in a Marvel film for a long time I, I think this this film was at a caliber it would have fit into you know phase two you know when Marvel was at its peak it would have fit in there and been one of the better films I, I think this is fantastic. It, it it does feel like it's like it's in the wrong phase. Like it's in yeah. phase five. It feels like it should have been phase four. But to it me, should have like come yeah. a couple a year or two after the end of Endgame. Aren't in phases. Mm-hmm. They're the Guardians phase. They're their own thing. Yeah. They're an offshoot that you can They're watch. The cosmic saga. This yeah. is a cosmic shit. Yeah. I I I, I thought it was brilliant. So I think that could be the last time for a while that you hear me speak very positively about Marvel. So strap in for the next few years. Um, I, I'm I'm a lot more optimistic about Fantastic Four than you are. I think uh, it's never been done well before. They've tried multiple times. It hasn't been done. Marvel have mm-hmm. done a good job of making things that haven't worked work better. The Fantastic Four come with, they're like some of the only characters left that are the prestige Marvel characters. They're not scraping the bottom of the barrel. This is like, this is the top shelf they just haven't access to yet. Top and an origin story. I, I, I just choked on my own rage. <laughs> um, Iron Man was never top shelf when he was first came into it. Nobody who no, knew no, no. Guardians were. I'd rather them something mm-hmm. that didn't have weight attached to it already. And this has the weight of the legacy of the last few films, which is shit. The comic book legacy, because these are like well-known established characters. Plus, maybe my my perception of Fantastic Four and why I'm negative, a bit negative about it is the fan reaction. I already know what it's going to be, because why isn't this dude from The Office, whose name I've forgotten? Who was Krasinski? But that's the thing. That is all we're going to fucking hear. Why is that? That's why. That's why you just get off social media and enjoy it for years. Like I'm so fragile. (laughs) It's like that. That reaction. I couldn't care less about that. I just want the film to be good. And like, I I I can see it working. Um, There's a lot of reasons to think it will. Because what you're talking about starting fresh. It's like Shang Chi Eternals. None of these things have really taken off since then. Anyway, let's not get yeah. into that too much because I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot more. Um, and I want to wrap up before I have a fucking asthma attack and explode. <laughs> okay. Anyway, it's always the end of the podcast. I thought to die a little bit. 
Now, if you want to hear me die on other podcasts, on other episodes, we are on Spotify and iTunes. Um, we've got a big week of Zelda content coming up, hence the special spoiler cast episode that you listen to right now. So go subscribe, leave us a review, and uh, keep an eye out for those ones as well. While you're there, check out Dialogue Options as well, which is a podcast hosted by Karen and our dear boy Joel. Uh, more video game focused, more focused, if you will. Um, Leave them some- I would uh, I would highly disagree with that. I don't know, man. I've been in some <laughs> odd form recently. I, I, I'm breaking. I'm breaking down <laughs> to my core components. Um, <laughs> if you want to follow us on, on social media, um, Facebook and Instagram can fuck off. I can't be bothered posting there anymore. But follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Stormwood AUS. And more importantly, go over to Stormwood AUS. Look for our pinned post. We are giving away a copy of Zelda. Oh, yeah. Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, which comes out on May 12th. Go over there, give us a follow, because you should be doing that anyway. What are you doing if you're not? Uh, and and re- retweet that tweet. Go into the running. We're giving away a copy on the uh, on the 10th. So if we release this tomorrow, which is the 7th, you got a few days. Hey, you're on your phone anyway. We listen to this probably. Go do it. Just do it. You know? Do it. I've got no, no nicer way to say that. But you're exactly. on the running. We're, we're in a copy. You can follow us, some of us, individually on the socials. I'm at Jesse Spanner. Come give me kisses and abuse that's how i like it <laughs> joel how are you you can find me at jolly mac where please don't abuse me i don't like that don't yell at me i'll come yeah. i need that i want that t-shirt so much it's so funny oh i use that i use that meme when people were sending me death threats about andrew tate that's whenever, right whenever somebody was having a go at me i'd send them a meme that this is don't yell at me i'll come and they never responded such it's a good great. argument killer. It's and very good. Broad sick of the arguments on Twitter, so you're bailed. Uh, yeah, I've sort of, I sort of reactivated my Twitter account because I wanted to talk about Guardians, and then at the same time decided I was going to delete my entire account, like every tweet I've ever tweeted, and accidentally deleted my recent ones as well. But what I've decided to do is I'm going to have it there. I'm only going to log in when I have something to talk about. Like Guardians, for instance, something I passionately had something to say about it. And the rest of the time, be logged off. So if you want to follow me, follow me at B Gordes, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, and I will occasionally be on. Maybe but I'm not time, getting sucked into arguments and shit like that anymore. Every time you have a topic we're very passionate about talking about, we can do a spoiler cast about it. I mean, we could do that too. Yeah, exactly. that also works. Uh, I'm, this, I'm jumping in front of the bullet that is Twitter for you, okay? I'm saving was, you. From, well, that was, the yeah, mask. it was... I, I need I needed to express it somehow because especially because we get to see it like two days before the US and stuff like that. Exactly. It's like I wanted to let people oh, know we, that I really, really enjoyed this. Cop we, that, we, yeah. I saw it on Cop Wednesday that. night. The, whole, I the fucking US Empire has fallen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Do you remember when we not used to get like films like a month or two after the US sometimes? Yeah. Now we usually get them two days early. It's yep. great. I feel like I'm a console player who got GTA five and four years later PC players are getting it. <laughs> Just want to put the <laughs> knee it. put the knee in a little bit to PC players again. Anyway, right, we'll 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 lock Brod in to for, for the next discussion, which will be a um, full discussion on Adam Lambert's new uh, album. So yeah, nah, you good to to talk yeah, about that? Yeah, nah. Well, we're gonna do I mean, a no, Super no, no. Mario spoiler cast. Sorry, fan cast. Um, yeah, there I'm we assuming go. Brod will be on that one. Anyway, okay, I'm happy to be on that one and nuke it from all. But if you like to go for it, I'll just edit all your um, <laughs> edit all your audio, um, pitch shift it so it sounds more positive. <laughs> Fine, okay. <laughs> it, I want to cut it so it's like when um, Smithers opens up Mr. Burns on the computer. <laughs> I quite like Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yes, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the film. I hope you watched it before you listen to this, because if not, oh, woof, you fucked up. You fucked up. Yep. But uh, if you didn't, uh, hope you enjoyed. Send us messages. Tell us what you thought of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And I hope you enjoyed the spoiler cast. Hopefully we do a few more of them in the future. But with that, we'll bid you a fond farewell, my sweet friends. And uh, we will see you in the in the whatever something forever sky. That beautiful quote <laughs> that I pictured that I forgot. <laughs> Bye. 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 Mwah. <laughs>